0: Welcome to On The Mic Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. On today's episode, I have actor and podcaster, James Simic. James is another member of the Meltdown family joining me on the podcast. I would love being able to catch up with so many of the incredible people uh, that I worked with at my time over at Meltdown. And, you know, so many of them continue to go on and just do incredible things. And James is just another one of those people doing awesome things. Uh, James is a regular actor over at Conan uh, that participates in a lot of the sketches that you see on Conan. And so we talked quite a bit about that. That was kind of the last time I actually saw James. Uh, we ran into each other over at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, James was in one of the sketches on uh, on one of the uh, shows down there. And, yeah, we had a great time talking about that. Both of us have just such a great love uh for the show and everything and so the first little bit of this is kind of kind of a, a behind the scenes from James perspective as well as kind of just a love fest for how how the show comes together uh, both of us, you know, spend a lot of time over there in different aspects, and so it was fun to be able to sit down and talk with James about that and, you know, learn a little bit more about James. It was really fun to talk about, you know, not just Conan, but find out kind of more of his acting background, some of the voiceover projects that he's been working on. He really can't say much about them, uh, but kind of telling what goes into a lot of them. So it was fun to learn about that, uh, as well as uh, as learn about some of his, his history before acting. Uh, James has two degrees in both English and math uh, that play into the popular podcast he it's called Digits. It's an incredible podcast that looks at how math kind of affects all different areas of our life. And he really goes into depth explaining some of the incredible episodes that he's had and, and you know, exactly what they try and look at. It's a really unique take that nobody's done. And I definitely encourage you to check out Digits uh, everywhere the podcasts are available. So uh, another part of the podcast, it gets a little bit serious uh, when we talk about some of the fires that have kind of ravaged uh, all over in California. Uh, James is from Chico, California that is right next to Paradise up north. And of course, if you've been paying attention to the news, uh, you know that the, the fire that took place up in Paradise, uh, known as the Camp Fire, uh, just devastated the entire area, basically destroyed the entire town. Uh, and James, you know, had a lot of family and friends that were up there, including his uncle. Uh, and we talked a lot about that and just some of the experiences that they've had, uh, you know, seeing, seeing his friends and family go through that and, you know, seeing some of the, uh, seeing some of the destruction. Uh, he had a chance to visit his uncle's. Um, property that they uh, that they had lost in the fire, and it's it, it's just kind of gut wrenching to hear you know some of the some of the tales of the destruction and some of the things that they that they witnessed there, and you know it it, it takes a turn for the serious there just kind of hearing those stories. Uh, but we we had a lot of fun talking. And, you know, like I said, it's just so great to be able to catch up with some of these guys. A lot of them, you know, from Meltdown, I haven't seen basically since March or April when the showroom closed. And, you know, yeah, it's just this is a great excuse to be able to sit down and find out what everybody is up to. I won't drag on too much longer because this is another kind of longer episode uh, because we just had a great time sitting down and catching up. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Stay tuned next week, our annual Christmas episode. Austin and I sit down and talk Christmas everything that we've got coming up and of course Christopher James calls in with his terrible horror Christmas movie and he's he's kind of got two of them this year so you're not going to want to miss out on those uh, we had a lot of fun on that episode as always Make sure you follow James on all the social media outlets as well as his podcast. You can also see some of the sketches that he's performed on Conan. Uh, I will have all of those available on the website. Uh, So make sure you follow there and check all of that out. Thank you again to James uh, for coming on just a few days before Christmas here uh, to be able to catch up before he headed back home to Chico. Uh, It was really a lot of fun. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next week.
1: Yeah, just just remain perfectly I'll, still. I'll just I'll only move my mouth.
0: That, How's that, that sound? That works. Okay. I mean, if, if an ear even moves, it could throw this whole okay. thing out of okay. whack.
1: I, it's funny, actually. I can wiggle one ear. Really? Yeah.
2: But I mean, I can't this is this, the other.
0: is this is an audio an audio medium. Oh, no, it's gonna but, be people are gonna love it. But, but, you want me to do it? But, go go for okay, it. Okay. Here we go.
1: Wait wait I need to be relaxed. <laughs> if I smile, it tightens up all the muscles around there. Wait. It's the left ear. So here.
0: Hey, there we go. Yeah, you see that? Yeah, but the right, the right, right there, the right one just holds still.
1: The right one holds still. I don't know why. When <laughs> I was um,
0: when I was a kid, you uh, should just tell people it's double jointed, even though your ears don't have a joint. Yeah, just to see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my left is double jointed, <laughs> double.
1: Well, there's zero joints, so double zero. Yeah. Uh, there was this kid in my uh, in my class growing up, um, my friend Andrew, and he he could move his whole scalp. So have you ever met oh, with yeah. this? You have yeah. like a really wiggly scalp, so he could like retract his scalp so his hairline moved yeah. back and forward. And I thought that was the weirdest thing ever, and I wanted to try and do it. So I, I I spent a while, like weeks, just focusing and tensing my head as much as I possibly could, and my left ear just started moving partway into that process. It just started going, and my right ear never did.
0: So, So technically, you just kind of broke yourself on accident. Yeah, I broke my head <laughs> muscles. Yeah yeah i I pulled something w- would he actually like hold on to his head and do it or could he just do no, it like I've no, seen people would just that it would, sitting still yeah that's what I would always when yeah. i would, the few people I've ever seen do that yeah they would just kind of like like, he, yeah. like, they're staring. Like, I love that I That'd, just tried to do it. Yeah. But, like, they were just going to stare at you. Well, that's the best part. And they would just, like, move. And you're just like, no, that's, no, stop that. The best part <laughs> is
1: the stare people yeah. get when they're doing that because their eyes glaze over. Yeah. All the concentration, all the blood flow goes <laughs> to the scalp muscles. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, the scalp just pulls
0: back. Yeah. I've always yeah. wondered how people learned that they could actually do that. Right. Like, who's just sitting there like, I wonder if my head can just move. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe it's hereditary. It's passed down generation to generation. There's like a moment yeah. when like a father takes a son aside and is like, son.
0: <laughs> You've been wondering about that loose skin <laughs> yeah, on yeah, your head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been
1: wondering why you got a little extra, a f- few extra flaps on your head. It's a gift. You are a mutant, son. <laughs> You're a
0: mutant. Your power. Your power is a flexible scalp. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you could make it over here. So I, I don't yeah, think man. we've seen each other uh, since the end of Nerdman. Oh, no, we did at San Diego Comic-Con. We ran into each other at San Diego
1: Comic-Con, uh, which was hilarious. I was so tired that morning because yeah. I'd driven that morning from L.A. And yeah. I didn't want to be late, right? <laughs> um, so I was working on, on Conan that day. And uh, and I'd just gotten the call the day before, right. um, which was weird because most of the time when they're – um for their comic-con stuff they they book that stuff out in advance so yeah like, they yeah plan and, they, it and all... they
0: pre-shoot a lot of it way yeah. in advance
1: a lot of it's pre-shot and i mean it makes sense right i mean they're, yeah. they're 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 doing a lot more sketch comedy too i don't know if you've noticed in the shows oh down yeah there, they and that's they like kind of double... the new
0: direction that it's going to mm, let's hope let's hope yeah, yeah. it's yeah uh, that's what it's I've interesting because i've been i'll yeah. be at the first taping in two weeks
2: really
1: okay yeah you got tickets So yeah. is it what was it competitive for tickets for
0: that? Or I, don't I don't know. I just it. ask and I get them. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That that was about a snooty LA. I, yeah, I just, I just ask for ask, tickets I and I ask. get them. I'm Tim Drake. I get tickets.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, uh, but, but that, I, I don't know if they had something cut, um, or they just wanted to add a sketch or something like that. I'm guessing cause it, the, the sketch. So I was acting in a sketch that day and, and I'll, I'll post
0: this on the website so people can see it. Okay,
1: cool. Cool. Um, and, uh, and it was uh, Snickers, like, promotional yeah. sketch. So I'm guessing that had something to do with it. I don't know if they cut another promotional they thing and had to add one. something.
0: They always do a Snickers one, like, each night during the San Diego shows. Right. Because Snickers is one of the sponsors, so... So I don't know if yeah. they
1: cut one or what the deal was. But whatever the case, I got a call the day before. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't have time to plan. And actually, it was kind of a bummer, because my... Um, my my parents were coming to town that day and so <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah and town being LA not San yeah. Diego where the job was so um i i would have wanted to go down and stay at Comic-Con right like that cuz i've never actually attended Comic-Con um so it's always been a thing of like yeah i would love to go but i would i would want to do it with something i would yeah. want a reason to go down there i'd want to be working or you know promoting something or something along those lines yeah and so it finally happened and I was going to get to go down there to work on Conan, <laughs> but then I had to drive straight back afterwards to come meet my parents, which yeah. is great, too. I love my parents. Yeah, which
0: I was bummed because we, we always go to sushi after Conan down there. Oh, really? Because oh, there's yeah. a great sushi place just right next door. And then you told me, you were just like, yeah, we have to drive back. I have to drive back immediately afterwards. And I was like, oh, yeah. so we wanted you to come to sushi with yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, but so I had to be up at like 3.30 that morning because I didn't know what traffic was going to be like. Oh, yeah. And I had an 8 a.m. call. And i didn't want to i didn't want to be late <laughs> you know it's a live show and it's it's a live you know big live audience and right circles down there and so
0: you had an yeah. 8 a.m call time for that yeah i think so because i oh, ran oh you. just because of all the body paint and stuff yeah yeah
1: well and just the machine at the show gets mm-hmm. running and they have so many moving pieces yeah like so many sketches and stuff um oh, toilets talking I don't know if the mic's picking that
0: up. No, it it, surprisingly, it doesn't, but I always forget to close the door so that it doesn't. (laughs) Cool. I like to have a built-in
1: heckler. That's nice. Uh, but, uh, they have so many moving parts. They're out of their normal studio. Yeah. They've got all these extra, you know, they, they pack it full of sketches and stuff. So there's just lots of stuff going on. And, um, and so, you know, you gotta be there. Everybody's called first thing in the morning. Like there are a couple other bits going on, going that live that day too. And, uh, Everybody was called.
0: Yeah, there that, that particular show because I used to go to a handful of them every year down there, and that yeah. particular one had a lot of moving parts. It did. So I, my my wife and I both were just like, I don't think they've done this many live sketches before because they still mm, had mm, mm. a taped one if I remember right. But they did. They had at least one pre-taped that day. Yeah, but they well they because yeah, they, they had a lot. They had the Mamma Mia. Yeah, the two Mama sketch, Mia 2 sketch. <laughs>
1: which, <laughs> which, uh, I don't know. What do you think of the Mamma Mia two sketch? Mm-hmm, and that it one. was a. It was like it, it, was a, it was interesting. It was brilliant in conception <laughs> yeah. and really funny to rehearse. It was, but very it, cu- it awkwardly didn't quite...
0: execute I think
1: the problem <laughs> is that also nobody really cared about Mamma Mia Two, right? And that was the joke: is that Mamma Mia Two is out of place yeah. at Comic Con. You know, Mamma Mia Two is doing a panel. Who's going to attend yeah. Mamma Mia Two panel <laughs> at Comic Con? Um, but but they had so it was a big dance number, right? Mm-hmm. And so so they had I don't know how many people they had, but they had a lot of people there. Yeah, it were, was probably a good in that f-
0: 15 people at least yeah, in that sketch. Yeah, something like that,
1: yeah. Um, and Dan Cronin, who was who he was, he was well, the, lead, he was the yeah. lead in that sketch, is a, a writer. Yeah, he's one of the head he's, sketch he's writers. He's one of the head he? writers, yeah. Um, my bit that I was doing, he wrote. So he was his dimension. Oh, so he's or, producing
0: attention. your bit and having to do that at the same time. Exactly, oh,
1: exactly. So like the writers, you know, whoever writes the bit, yeah, they have to the produce bit, it and direct it. They yeah. produce it. And so, and so he was pulling double duty that day too. Oh, so it was, it was extra, a little extra crazy. Yeah. So tensions, tensions are high. It's funny because, you know, working on the show in studio, it's, there's always a lot happening, but it's a well-oiled machine. Yeah. You know, they're at home. It's basically everybody's nine to five. They do it every day, every week. They show up and they do the show, right? Um, as soon as you move it out of. that studio you could tell like the the energy is totally different backstage it's just a totally different thing. yeah which is great it was so fun
0: yeah i I was just excited that i mean since we're there every year it's like i mean we're used to those live shows but yeah the fact that you were there it was it was cool to be like james is in this yeah the entire time every sketch we're like is this the one is this the one yeah oh that's (laughs) funny where were you sitting by the way so we were right at the first mezzanine like right on on the edge yeah okay so it was uh okay it was funny because it was one of the riders that got us our tickets. Uh-huh. And we were, we were, looked at them and we were just like, holy shit, these seats are great. And then we get there and they're like, so you're at the first level. And I was just like, oh. And then my wife reminded me, she's like, you did the same thing last year. You looked at these and thought, we're right up front. and <laughs> We're <it> going was... <laughs> to be able
1: to touch the hem of Conan's skirts. It's going to be wonderful. Conan always wears skirts at Comic Con, by the way. Yeah. That's it is his thing
0: he, he he's got a thing for wonder woman yeah. so yeah oh, yeah he, yeah, he, he, he dons he dons that's the true. wonder woman skirt that's true. yeah
1: so could you see me because i was for that yeah. bit i was i because pre- we were kind of in the of audience
0: up, we were up to the left and you were kind of down to the front the right. right yeah so it's yeah. like we could we could see you as soon as the sketch okay. went live we were like there's james cool did you see me walk out yeah okay cool yeah it was that's the thing i love with that with those live shows there is that there's like you said there's so many moving parts and when And I won't give away the punchline of yours, but you had to jump out for another actor to sit in. Mm -hmm. And I always love that. It's like the audience is watching that happen. Mm -hmm. So, But then it cuts to TV, and it seems seamless, and it's just the magic of television. But it's (laughs) it's so funny to watch it it happen. I can't remember if they did it this year, too, but last year they had done, uh, it was like Mr... I think it was one of the Fantastic Four. Was, I think that was just last year. Because they, I think they did it both years. Then. Oh, did because they? Okay. We were there one of the years when they did it, and so you've got these giant long arms right. stretched out over the right. it's a Mr. Fantastic it's, yeah. one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's th- th- those shows are just so are just so great, so fun. <laughs> Hopefully, they'll have you back down this coming year. Yeah, That'll I'm do hoping. Some more. Yeah. Well, the the year before this last one,
1: I was in some pre-tape stuff for Comic Con. Oh, no were you? Which was awesome. Yeah.
0: I don't think I knew that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did actually. I was in multiple sketches, pre-taped, but it's like you know I work here and then they aired them down there. Right. So I didn't get the experience of actually going to the live show. Um, Yeah, that year was a blast. I'll have to
0: pull those up because they always release those specials after on iTunes. Uh, Do they release the whole thing? Yeah, they release the whole thing on iTunes. And since we go to all of them, it's like. I usually don't buy late-night shows on yeah. iTunes, but since they released those as separate specials, yeah, so it's like I always download those because we're there, and I was like, oh, this, these are fun. They're different than the regular shows. so I'll have right. to go back through one. Do you, do you remember which ones you were in? Um, let's see. What was I in? Oh, uh,
1: so I had, I had two that I can recall. So one of them was uh, uh, the Brony Glue Factory sketch. Okay, I remember that one. Did you see that yeah. one? Okay, so that was that was Comic-Con 2017. And then I was also in a sketch with Jeff Goldblum, which was so cool. Uh, I
0: I vaguely remember the sketch. which
1: was it was he was playing a uh, like a psychiatrist. Oh yeah, to yes, yes. to like superheroes. Yeah. Um. So that was a fun one. I, I was actually in that sketch twice because I, I was in a Spider Man. Yeah. And then on today the they, like, they like
0: to use you as Spider Man.
1: I've done Spider Man twice. Yeah. I've done Spider Man twice for them. So fingers crossed. <laughs> that they keep making spider-man movies (laughs) um yeah no i've done spider-man a couple times for them now that was actually the first time i did spider-man and uh uh so i was i was there to play spider-man that day um in i was part of the orphan group a group counseling session so it was spider-man batman and uh superman right and uh so i was there for that and then um they had brought in. They also had a bit with with Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. So they had a guy playing Darth Vader, and they had a guy playing Luke Skywalker, who was just like the perfect doppelganger for Mark Hamill <laughs> for for Mark Hamill in in uh, the Force Awakens. Okay, <laughs> right? He like had the beard, yeah. and like he had his own costume. He like had his cosplay stuff because he'd been told so many times he was, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, this is now something that right. I do. I'm now. Mark Hamill, Um, (laughs) and uh, so they had him in for that, Um, but there was a miscommunication and the bit with Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker was supposed to be archival footage of a session from like 20 (laughs) years ago, so it was actually supposed to be young Luke Skywalker, So, so they ended up still shooting something with older Luke Skywalker. But they they didn't have anybody to play young Luke Skywalker because casting hadn't they didn't know that they were supposed to because yeah. it just got li- it wasn't communicated and uh, and so in the middle of the day, uh, Rick Enriquez, who's the casting director, pulled me aside and was like, "Hey, so um, good news, but uh, this happened, and we <laughs> would like for you to play Luke Skywalker if that's okay like if, if you're comfortable with that, I know you probably haven't read the pages. If you're con- I was like, Hell yeah! Like, yeah, yeah I can look Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, and so, so I got to fill in and do that role as well because Spider Man, I had the mask on, so right. it's like nobody knows who I am, right? So, so I got to double, even though I don't really look like Luke Skywalker. You can pull it off, though. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so it's like, well, you're about the right age. Why don't you do it? So I got to, and that was the that was the one that I actually got to. Um, like, improvise with Goldblum. Oh, that's awesome. The the Spider-Man one, it was basically a scripted, like, trust fall mm-hmm. bit where they don't catch me, right? And then I, like, shoot webs at them. But it was, you know, it was a little falling onto a mat. It was a – you couldn't really – there yeah. wasn't room for improvisation in that one, and Goldblum just loves to improvise. Right. He just, like, goes. <laughs> so so the Luke Skywalker one, it was just a therapy session, and uh, and so it was, like, 20 minutes of just – Going Just back riffing. That's yeah. amazing. And then, of course, the final the final bit is it, the the script was three lines. Yeah. Right. And then we did twenty minutes of footage, <laughs> and then they cut it down to basically those three lines
0: oh, with that's like awesome. one ad lib from yeah. Goldblum. You know. And uh, have you you ever, have you ever got to see all of the footage from? No, 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 no. That's got to be. It's got to be on like one of those like Conan outtakes or scrap scrap episodes that they've done.
1: Yeah, maybe. But I mean, like that day. So that was just one part of that sketch. Right. There were five other scenes of different superheroes and stuff interacting with him. And he was supposed to be there for um, like two hours or something like that. He had, you know, Goldblum was like, well, here's the time that I can get into the studio, working it into his schedule. It was just some random day. And uh, he he ended up staying there for like six hours oh wow <laughs> yeah and so you know before Which the he day, loves conan so i mean oh, he,
0: he will pretty much do anything for conan
1: he does and of course you know that's his his publicist or assistant or whatever who's like he's like okay I'm like jeff we got to get you to the next thing and yeah. he just loves it like he was just sitting there having fun and uh eating lozenges and <laughs> um yeah so that was that was a really really cool experience uh but it was it was awesome this year to get to actually go down to the live show yeah, it's just such a different energy down there.
0: It it really is. There, there's like of all of the tapings of Conan I have been to, none. There there was one two years ago uh, where it was the entire cast of Game of Thrones that was there. Oh, dude! And I oh. have never heard a crowd like that before. Oh my god, I can only like imagine. even before the cast came out. Yeah, like it, it was it was something different. It was it was a special crowd yeah and like even as i've gone to the shows here in burbank when i've seen them in new york like and nothing will ever compare to that show yeah and it, and it's very i mean i've gone to so even outside of conan i've gone to so many different late night shows and no crowd will ever compare to that it was yeah like aside from the fact that that theater is just amazing anybody that's never been to the spreckles theater like, they're, they're they're missing out. It's it, a cool theater, for sure. It's an sure. amazing theater.
1: Yeah. But also, I don't know what the capacity is of that theater, but it's certainly bigger than the studio in Burbank. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, By the like studio in Burbank could just five fit times. in,
0: like, the first the first section there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: like, just sheer volume. Because I think the studio in Burbank is only, like, 200, and I think Spreckles like, okay. 1,500.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just with that, though, it's, like, it's so loud. Yeah. It was crazy, actually doing that live bit because i was out in the audience i couldn't hear conan oh yeah (laughs) at all like i couldn't hear him so so it's funny because watching it back you they they adjust the levels right you know there's a microphone right like in my hair right on me so they bring down the crowd noise and up our volume so it sounds you know you you just hear us talking with crowd noise in the background, but being there live, like I couldn't hear Conan. So, <laughs> oh, no. so I was like holding a little extra for the the laughter and of course every, because of the energy of, of that room and the live show, it's like everything, every line is a laugh line, Yeah, right? Just everybody makes noise as soon as anything remotely funny is said. And so like I was holding, kind of waiting for it to die down so like I could be heard by Conan in reverse. But then watching it back, it's like, oh, you can't tell that because they bring the, the crowd noise right. down by like 90%.
0: If anything, so. it played well because your character is supposed yeah. to kind of be aloof in that in that part of the sketch. Yeah, just, totally. They wake you up and you're just kind of, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, it played just fine. Yeah. <laughs> you, you couldn't tell that you couldn't hear oh, seeing good. it live. Oh, so. good. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I could hear. I just only heard
1: people yelling around me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was so fun. It was actually, it was really funny. So at the end of that day, this is my favorite story from from that day, um, that's Spreckles Theater and out ba- there's a backstage door, mm-hmm. right? And celebrities are arriving throughout yeah. the day. That day it was the cast of Aquaman who was uh, were the guests on that, that show. Conan coming in and out. Andy coming in and out. Right. People outside the the backstage door just waiting. It's Comic-Con and it's open to the public. You don't get that. In burbank right you're on a closed lot yeah you're on a closed lot at
0: warner brothers and
1: yeah so there's no backstage door phenomenon and i've never really experienced that until then of like a real backstage door mm. with real celebrities that people care about yeah right? so i i get there i do the show i ran into you at yeah. the beginning you were waiting in line for not for tickets for
0: so we had to pick up our our tickets because even though we have even though we have vip tickets yeah we still had to go and pick them up at the theater. Got it. And when I read the sheet, I was like, oh, do I still have to wait in the normal line? Like, that was just how it read. Right. And uh, Austin didn't have a ticket. And so. so we were like, well, we'll just go. Maybe we'll score you a ticket, which we did end up scoring a oh, ticket. Oh, good, yeah. Like, literally, the people in line behind us. I overheard them talking. And just saying, oh, we, yeah, we can't get anybody to take this one. And somebody was about to be like, oh, all. And I just quickly was like, you have an extra ticket? <laughs> <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> and just like snagged it that quickly. Good situational awareness. Yeah. Though. That's nice. And, uh, but yeah, we ended up waiting and then I I can never remember the girl's name that does all the audience stuff for Conan. Okay. Uh, but I said hi to her and then, uh, I was like, Hey, we, do we need to go somewhere separate for this? And she was just like, Oh no. She's like, you don't even need to be waiting in line. (laughs) You just have to come up and give me and give me the VIP voucher. And I was just like, Oh, and at that point (laughs) it was like, I mean, part of it, we, we just expect that, you know, it's comic-con it's there's lines. It was no big deal to us, but then I felt really stupid because usually with the VIP vouchers and stuff, like you just show up and you're good, but the thing just didn't read the same way. And I was just like, I don't want to chance this because these tickets are so high in demand. Yeah. That I was like, I'm just going to show up with the regular line. And then, yeah, I felt really dumb when they were just kind of like, yeah, you didn't need to wait in this line. And I was just like, oh.
1: But that's the experience. Yeah, it's the experience. You get up and early. You get your cup of coffee. Yeah. we we you have such a line.
0: routine at Comic Con now after four years of it that it it's just it's like clockwork. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, we yeah. know when we know when our train comes it picks us up at our hotel, and we know the stop to get well, that's off. Great, of you stay at the same place. Uh, we stay within the same three hotels hmm. because they somehow always bump up their cost every year. Oh. And like <laughs> like one of them, we had stayed there. And it was like eight hundred bucks for like the five days. yeah. so because we stay in Chula Vista. So okay. because right. we realized we can stay in a nice hotel in Chula Vista right off the metro line and just get up and walk to the metro line, and it's a ten minute ride to the convention center. Yeah. Instead of paying like fifteen hundred a night, yeah, like they are to be in like the Gaslamp or right like right next to oh, the convention center.
1: That's gotta be so swamped.
0: Yeah, and we we're like, it's quiet in our area. That's cheaper. Like we don't have to worry about anything. Right. And so we've just continually stayed down there. And yeah, we just have our we have our little way up at the hotel we stayed at the first year. It was like eight hundred for the five days, and now they charge like eight hundred per night. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, damn, you catching on to Comic Con? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it was by well, far I the mean, best one that we had stayed. The demand
1: is there. Oh yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so I was saying uh I that, that backstage door thing. So, you know, you sh- I showed up and I was there the whole day in the theater yeah. and whatever. And the um the the true backstage door actually went in the front way. And then the the backstage door Yeah, you kind
0: of got the side door there that uh Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like off to the side and the um where the the hair and makeup mm-hmm. uh, uh the hairdressers and stuff they're they were up right above the backstage door with windows looking out. (laughs) So you're just watching everybody come in. Exactly. So, so we were sitting there, you know, I was, uh, for that bit, I was in full body paint, which is hand sponged on. So that took like eight hours to get that. I was basically in makeup the whole day. Um, like getting my makeup done the whole day. And, uh, so we were just sitting there watching pretty much the whole day. We go and peek out and, you know, look at the people out there and and eventually they noticed us and we had to like close the curtains on the window because yeah, so everybody didn't, was like taking pictures trying to see what was up there yeah and actually there was a funny moment I think it was during the show um there was a bit a live bit which was uh the the like audience uh, the fan award to get to be Conan and Andy for oh day. yeah yeah and so the whole bit was that uh, these two had, like, plastic surgery and stuff and, and, like, were remade to look like right Conan and Andy. And so uh, – and then the woman was Conan and, and uh, the guy was Andy. And so the woman who was playing Conan was in, like, the Conan wig and in the suit. And she was up in the dressing room. And we had the windows open. And people outside thought that she was <laughs> Conan. And so everybody outside, like fifty people, all of a sudden start like you see them zooming in on their their iPhones and stuff, <laughs> trying to take pictures. Um, and then she started posing for everybody out there and like doing the little Conan, uh, <laughs> the little string the dance, the little, little string dance, and it was pretty funny. But uh, but so we were watching the whole day, and you know, there's there people saw... that have posted those pictures and they're like, oh, it I was guarantee Conan. It. Yeah, I guarantee it. Like this grainy thing, like you see it, the hair, the hair, the hair. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so that was happening all day. So we were looking at this backstage door and like people coming in and out and, you know, it's like the cast of Aquaman arrives and everybody goes crazy and like Conan arrives and everybody goes crazy. And so after the show, I take a shower, I get out of makeup and like I'm back in my street clothes and stuff and, and I'm ready to leave and I'm going to be leaving through the backstage door. And I was like, okay. So like I'm gonna walk out the backstage door. And you know, as soon as somebody walks out, everybody's like looking at the pic like their are like photo references, all the paparazzi yeah. to like, okay, who is this? Is this someone important? Let's like see if we like right, right. Is this is someone we should take a picture of, get autographs of, whatever. There's a little buzz that happens. So I was like, All right, getting ready to walk out the door, like, all right, let's see let's see what happens. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> I walk out through the backstage door, step out into the sunlight sun's going down it's beautiful san diego california (laughs) crickets just total crickets take a few steps out nobody even bothers to look in my direction no second glances nobody and uh just nodded and uh continued on into the sunset (laughs) Just nothing. Just I would, no I would, it would have been great
0: if just one person pelted you just with the Snickers. Per- right? Yeah. 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 I
1: was like, I was like, okay. I don't expect to be recognized. There's no way somebody would recognize me, and not even, you know, especially yeah. not
0: from that particular. You just show. wanted that hustle and bustle, like is this yeah, somebody? I just want-
1: exactly. I just wanted to go out and be like, have everybody be like, somebody's coming. Who yeah. is it? You know, and feel that at least for a right. moment. And uh, oof, it was, it was the roughest audience I've ever been in front
0: of. Just- Just go to Sundance sometime. Yeah, with with credentials, and you'll get over that really fast, wanting to feel that. Because every every year at Sundance, it's like I've I've got my my badge and it says producer on it, and and of course it's producer for a radio show, but people just see producer and they don't know the difference between like they're at Sundance, it's a producer. Yeah, but you'll watch people the entire time that like are looking around to see what. What, what what who is this? What what badge is this? And so half the time I just flip my badge around so that it's like it's just it's like there's no there's no reason for you to write. I'm nobody, but it's Tim. So you're somebody. <laughs> you're some, here. Take my hand, Tim.
1: Take you're you're somebody. I, I feel it. James. You're somebody to it. me. I feel okay. it.
0: Okay. Right now the cat's like, what the hell is going on over here? Break it up, people. <laughs> but but it's it's just it's a weird feeling when yeah people are like, is this somebody I should know? Yeah. And it's just like maybe i don't know which i've had people approach me at sundance and be like i should know who you are shouldn't i and i'm like i don't know should you i i have no idea yeah she's like yes you should who am i so i I think it was uh, who's uh i think it's jeffrey tambor's book uh that like the title of it is something along the lines of i should know you shouldn't there's something along those lines because he would get that when he was coming up and not a monster human, and yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it, yeah, there were. Uh, it's it's definitely well, should, a weird they- experience to to have where you're you're walking out and you're like maybe, maybe people are gonna look, right? So, but then when it does start happening, you're just like, there's no reason they should know who I am, right? And they're just like, Le- leave me alone. Stop looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> it was just that it was such a novel yeah. moment. I was Especially like, Especially oh, when you're watching people cool.
1: all day long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, everybody's going crazy inside the theater. And, uh, you know, like, for that moment when I went out and sat in the audience, that was a big deal. Because everybody yeah. around me was like, this guy's part of the show. Right. Right? So I was like, oh, cool. Like, maybe I'll, maybe that'll continue. <laughs> this is kind of fun. <laughs> nope. Nope, I'm nobody. <laughs> and they and they told me they made sure I knew my place. Um, there was a uh, there was a documentary um about that about being actors actors who are recognizable but nobody knows who they are. It's called oh, yeah. like like that guy in that thing or something yeah. was
0: the title of it. Yeah, I remember hearing about that and I've wanted to watch it because there's so many of them. are all, I mean, being within the business, we we know a lot of random ass names that yeah. most people are going to be like, who is that? Yeah, and I love always like i'll be watching a movie with somebody and i'm like oh yeah that's this person and they're just like who, who are you talking about and yeah it's because yeah, it's it's those actors <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah the, who the, who work all the time and yeah. you know do guest star roles in tv all the time and have supporting roles in movies and stuff and everybody knows who they are yeah and they're making a great living and uh yeah but to the to America at large, they're just oh yeah that that guy. I know there, that there's guy. even
0: actors that are fairly well known that still re- like there, there'll be people that we will get to work with that. I'll send my mom a picture to be like hey check this out like this is who we got to work with today. She, I have no idea who that is yeah. But then again there's some like when uh when I uh, filmed the Nerd Melt video yeah uh I mean I got I got some pretty good people to be part of that yeah for sure. And when I sent my mom a picture uh, with Sarah Silverman and i was just like yeah sarah did this my mom was like i, I don't know if i know who that who that is and a little piece of me died inside <laughs> and i was just like it's sarah silverman how do you not <laughs> yeah that that that, that hurt a little like bit it's like your mom telling telling you that she doesn't really love you yeah
1: <laughs> it felt that way a little bit mom <laughs> you're not the person i knew you to be
0: <laughs> but then then there'll be random people that I'll, that i'll just be like i don't i don't think they'll care and i'll send it and they'll immediately be like, oh, that, it's it's this person. I'm just like, that's the one you get excited yeah. over? That- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'd sent a picture when uh, one of the last shows that we did at Meltdown, it wasn't, like, an actual Meltdown show. Mm-hmm. They just kind of rented out the space, and it was a middle-of-the-day show. Uh, it was one that mm-hmm. was with uh, Sirius XM and they had the cast of Barry. Oh. And, um afterwards so it was it
1: was a, like a podcast taping or yeah it was it was taping? yeah
0: the bill burr was hosting it and uh it was just a small exclusive show for certain sirius xm members and yeah, isn't the, it funny that how they how they had to
1: schedule shows yeah because of how small the house was if it was like actually famous people they had to not advertise it and right. schedule it like in the morning so that yeah. so that 500 people wouldn't show up
0: yeah it was and it, like we only found out about it. i remember like the week before i remember jenny coming up and she's like I already know you want to do this. <laughs> uh Bill Burr is going to be here doing something. We didn't know what it was. We just knew Bill Burr was doing something. Right. And I was like, yeah, and like I'm absolutely in. I remember when she even sent out the email. She was like, I need a couple people to do this. I already know Tim. You want to do it? You don't I need to that respond. Email, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. She. I mean, I know that she would knew that I would have been like, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I'm yeah, in. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, did you have an automatic alert set up on your phone for a
1: mail email? It just, Cause I feel my, like you were quick on those, just
0: when my emails would come in, but I try to be quick to respond, yeah. And at the same time, somebody's gonna listen to this and I'm like, yeah, quick to respond. I haven't heard from you in like two months because <laughs> there are some that uh, that, that I forget about. There's actually, I need to respond to it later tonight. I'd reached out to Caroline who had worked with us at yeah. Meltdown for something, literally back in June. Mm-hmm. She responded to me a couple days later. And I was at Universal at the time. I read it and started to respond, and then I got on a ride. Oh. I forgot to fin- I thought I had sent the response. Just the other day, I was cleaning out my email, and there it is sitting in the draft folder. And I was just like,
2: because I was pop. about
0: to follow up with her to be like, hey, I hadn't heard back from you. I wanted to like touch base on this. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, that is such a dick move. Because, like, she gave me, like, some great advice for what I was asking her for. And, yeah, I sent a follow-up. I started the type of follow-up that was never sent. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm a dick. That happens to me, like, (laughs) once a week. But usually I'm pretty on top of it. Like, an email comes through, and I'm just like, yep, on it, got it. Yeah. And I wanted to be at Meltdown every night I possibly could. Mm Mm-hmm. And and working the shows. Like, it wasn't the same just to come and watch a show. Like, even though I did I was always at shows, even before I lived here, I was always at shows. It was like I wanted to be working. I wanted to be watching the inner workings of the show. I mean, there was nothing better than if you were in the tech room for a little bit or the green room for a little bit. Mm. And you're watching your idols just come in and just shoot the shit. Like there was one one show that I remember even talking with Jenny and she was just kinda like a little starry eyed with it because it was like Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall was was in there with Mark Maron, Bob Saget, and Andy Kindler, just sitting in the yeah. tech room, just busting balls, and we were both just like, "What? What is this? Like, it was unreal. Yeah, it like, was oh, absolutely Mr. unreal." Mr. Saget, I need you to move. I need to get some cokes out of the cupboard. Yeah, <laughs> stock the fridge. <laughs> It, it, it was just moments like that just watching some of those people and then it's like you know they re, they respected us all on the same level because yeah. they knew that most of us were comics and stuff working there and they've all been there too i mean i know maron worked the door at the comedy store when he was first trying to like get stage time and stuff and i mean they would all just come and just like chat with us for a second and you know whether it was mark's like hey can i get a chair for my girlfriend and then just like cool thanks. like how are things? And she's like, just talking to you, like he actually knows you or really gives a shit. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just so cool to be part of those. And I was just like, I just want to keep working and seeing their process. And sometimes seeing people that it's like they're just insane on stage, and then watching them like stress moments before, yeah, moments before uh, going up. Like there's one comment who's actually been on the podcast, and I won't, I won't rat him out. But it was
1: <laughs> okay. But you narrowed it down pretty significantly. But it was uh.
0: Just watching him, kind <laughs> of, kind of pace. Oh, like, interesting. He he was back by the snack bar and just kind of pacing, and like he was two comics like still before going up, and he had just just pacing back and forth, and it was like this dude, like he's done Comedy Central specials, and and it was just insane to be like, wow, like this is just crazy to to see the inner workings of somebody that you just think is just so polished. They don't get nervous, and right, you can tell that they're nervous, and yeah. then there would be people like Reggie Watts who would come in and like he just finished taping Corden, comes in with his salad like pounds his salad in the tech room goes up on stage does his thing and then hangs around and just supports and laughs at everything and then just leaves like oh that's great i love reggie Watts so much he was he was never got to see him he did like two shows during my time there and he was always in and out very quickly because he's a very busy man but i saw him at warner brothers because that's where coden
1: yeah records too one day walking in i was leaving from from taping a bit and yeah he was walking to work and he had his headphones in, and I so wanted to say hello, but I was too nervous. It's <laughs> funny because like
0: when you're on the studio a lot, like you see people that it's like you know them, mm-hmm. but they have no reason, and it's like not even just like oh, they're a star. I recognize a star. It's, it's the people fact matter that to you, and it's people that we've intertwined with yeah. that like they still don't know. Like uh, I saw the Lucas brothers one time. I was walking out of Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. and uh, they were parked over at like Gate Three that's kind of like across uh, across Barham as you come down there. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was walking back to my car from Warner Brothers, and they yeah. were walking on, and I was like, that's, that's the that's Lucas the Brothers. That's highway right there at K3. Yeah. That's where everybody comes yeah, in and that's, out. Yeah, that's the Lucas Brothers. And, like, uh, one of the last times I was there, like Guy Brown, I'm just getting walking past. Like, he was just on a break from yeah. the show he's working on, and just had his headphones in. And sometimes it does get weird where you're just like, we've, yeah. we've crossed paths, but you have no clue who I am. Yeah, and also <laughs> you're just on your way to work. Like, this yeah. is
1: you're you're like you haven't had your coffee yet you're just walking to work it's yeah, supposed to be a safe space i was in
0: here kissing ass hoping to work yeah, and <laughs> yeah exactly exactly like this is
1: my one day here this month yeah, you this, come this, here every day yeah
0: it's it, 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 it kind of it almost hurts a little bit sometimes when you're on like austin and i were over at uh, a fox we were doing uh, a screening for uh, the old man on the gun mm. uh when we had one of the actors on and like we puttered around Fox a little bit afterwards because it's that's a harder lot to kind of to kind of get on. Like yeah. their shows stay on the Fox their shows stay pretty locked in there, yeah. and it, it, they don't do a studio tour. Even if fans wanted to go, like it's a harder lot to get on. We were like, no, we gotta we gotta take a moment, yeah, we but we also ticket. don't want to get in trouble just like wandering aimlessly around. Right. I was just like, I just have to find the Simpson stage. Yeah. Because they've got the massive mural, which I think like Lil' Ralph shoots in there now. But they have, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they have the giant Simpsons mural. And I was just like, I just have to find that. Yeah. But as we were kind of walking around, we we're like, it just kind of hurts to like, this is our day at this studio. And we get, to, we get to be part of the fun for a day and then go back to trying to figure out how to continually be part of the fun. <laughs> right, exactly.
1: Yeah, that's the life, man. Yeah, it's funny. Studio lots are funny because you the security is so tight on the outside. Yeah. But then as soon as you pass the security, nobody gives a shit where you go. (laughs) Yeah. It's (laughs) It's just like nothing. Everybody (laughs) just assumes that if you made it in, then you belong, you belong, you get to go wherever you want. As long as you don't like walk in on a, you know, something, walk in front of the camera or something like that, or make a bunch of noise. Yeah. But you just walk around and just go wherever you want.
0: When I had very first started into like acting, like I I think I'd taken like a semester of film school. I I was out here, uh, Uh, for some of the oscar festivities and Mm. uh, i'd met somebody through paramount who uh worked for like all the private screenings like when actors would like hey we need to do this screening like she was the one in charge of setting all those up and everything and she was like yeah like come by the studio and whatnot like you know i'll I'll show you around a little bit more and leading up to it like the day before she was like i can't be there Mm. but go ahead you still have a pass like just go ahead go on the lot and so she was like giving my buddy and i just like free access to just like walk around paramount and like we get on the lot And luckily i knew the lot somewhat and i was just like all right um let's just go get a coffee because everybody walks around with a coffee so we'll actually (laughs) look like we belong here and so that's what Uh, we went over to the little commons area at paramount and we both got a coffee coffee and just like wandered around like we were supposed to be there but it felt so awkward because we were we yeah. were so green and to anything and here we were just these two guys that were like here's a movie studio go wander yeah. about
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean yeah there's that funny air it's because of the security on the outside yeah. there's this air of like amazing things happen in here and you walk in, and it's like these are a bunch of warehouses. Yeah, it's a bunch of warehouses.
0: A lot of things are made and, of styrofoam. Yeah, and lots of <laughs> golf carts. That's
1: basically it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and and random celebrities and stuff just walking around. Right. In in their protection, right. like not their, uh, not on. They're yeah. just like like in their relaxed state. Yeah, it was it was very very awkward to uh yeah. to be amongst that when I think we had made one short film at the time, and it was like. Yeah, we don't belong here, yeah. but we're here. <laughs> yeah. Do you get starstruck? Not really anymore. Like I've been doing stuff for so long now that it's just kind of like, I mean, like with anybody, kind of takes you by surprise, and you're just like, oh, there's that person. Yeah. So it's never really getting starstruck, but there are the few times where it's just like, it caught me so off guard where I just said something stupid instead. Mm. where just like i didn't know like one of the first times i ever met mark Marin in salt lake it's like i'd listened to him for so long yeah, you feel so close to somebody and like he gets up and i mean you've met mark at shows yeah. like i mean mark's very much who he is on the podcast just kind of like yeah i'm here yeah, he's like, hey, what? <laughs> hey. <laughs> and like going up i was just excited to finally meet him and this was probably a year into me like starting to work with more within the industry and like i was just kind of like hi so um i do, I do a podcast too and, and i was just like what the fuck are you doing like, why are you so overly excited you're and, fool. yeah it was it, it was a learning moment where i was just like oh you gotta you gotta taper that down some and yeah. i mean luckily everybody else that was kind of talking to him was kind of like that too because it was at a show at, at wise guys in salt lake and it was just still like i felt like an idiot yeah but, but luckily luckily you get through those moments and you realize they're just people that are doing what you want to do and mm-hmm. but it's like I mean, Conan at this point, I think if whenever that moment comes, he'll be very easy to sit down and just like talk back and forth to because I've been right in front of him so many times. Yeah. You've seen him in person. Yeah. His his height won't intimidate you. Yeah. You it, know how tall he actually is. The only thing with his height that ever throws me off uh-huh and, and I, I'm sure you can second this, is it's not just how tall he is, it's how long his legs are. His
1: legs are, are comically long. Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> it, it's like on the, uh, the the Monty Python walk that John Cleese does. Yeah. You just assume Conan's legs just automatically yeah. just kind of do yeah. this, like, yeah. very fluid. <laughs> just, they're, they're very awkward. When, when you see him up close, and you're sitting right in front of him, or yeah. you stand, I mean, you stood right next to him on camera, it's it's weird he has very very long legs he's very long I think what it is is that
1: his proportions you you they they don't seem that strange but the fact that he is as tall as he yeah. is and then like just the sheer numbers of how tall his legs become' it's yeah. a little it's like oh that's where my eyes are <laughs> like at your waist
0: <laughs> level interesting yeah it's that's the only thing that's ever been off-putting with his height and I shouldn't that's even funny. say off-putting that's just more funny. of like huh, I didn't <laughs> expect the well, after
1: Conan hears this little uh little roast of Conan's physique that we're doing on this podcast, I don't know that you may be further away yeah. than you were.
0: He'll be like, Ah, oh, little fat boy. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make fun of my legs. Uh yeah. yeah, dish
0: it out, see. <laughs> As long as he calls me a chopper, I'll be <laughs> – Yeah, there you go. There you go. Old-timey Conan. I love yeah. old-timey Conan.
1: Old-timey Conan is – I love the, that, that old-timey baseball sketch. Oh, you yeah. You see that one?
0: That's It's one of my favorites, and the plane flies overhead. <laughs> so great. So great. Yeah, but, but ho- hopefully hopefully he'll eventually eventually yeah, come I hope on so. here. Yeah, so. He, he's, he's kind of I become i would like say the, i would tell him to come on here but dream i don't guest.
1: have any kind of a relationship yeah. with him at all
0: <laughs> he, he, he's kind of he's kind of become the dream guest just okay. because it's it's like he's he's the one person that i think when i was younger and i would stay up late at night with my little handheld tv i would watch leno and then conan would come on yeah right after and
1: i i would well, that's op- that's awkward to say the yeah <laughs> leno and conan in the same sentence these days
0: uh, yes it is and e- even i listened back to the episode of uh of wtf that leno was on and his, he recounts some of those moments i was like that's not what happened like we all had tvs like i haven't heard that episode well, there, there's parts of it that are that are very convoluted and twisted where i'm yeah. just like we all watched this go down like
2: mm-hmm.
0: we 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 know that some of these things are not What happened? (laughs) Right, but at the same time, like I mean,
1: you got to be in a very interesting bubble. Yeah, Leno's experience, I'm sure, was way
0: different than
1: what it looked like.
0: Oh yeah, from the outside. Yeah, because
1: he was Leno, you know.
0: And it and it was where I'd always been in the Conan camp. It was uh, it was it was interesting to kind of go. I I went to a taping of the Tonight Show, one of the very last ones when Jay was hosting. And some of my friends uh, that have been in bands that have played on there that were very much like Conan, like Ride or Die Conan, they were even like, oh, like Jay was actually really nice to us and stuff. And so, it, like, he signed a copy of uh, his book for me and stuff. Cause when I was a kid, his book, Leaning with My Chin, was, it was a big influence to me. Yeah. And like, as my wife and I got to, got to shake Jay's hand and stuff and say hi. And like, he was incredibly nice. So it's like, it, it simmered it a hair yeah but still every bit of me was just like that was conan's but i I look at it now and i'm like i'm i mean i think conan would even say it is it's a good thing that it happened because where he's at now with the show and what conan's become it's it's just become a beast yeah he's gotten and he gets all the freedom that he wants to wants to do pretty much he gets the freedom and
1: he he's i haven't worked on any other late night shows but but working on that show it's so unavoidably clear yeah. that Conan is the captain of that ship. All oh, right, like he gets he he's the guy who makes the decisions.
0: Yeah, Ro- Rob Rob Cutners told me a few stories here and there, and it it just cracks me up to like hear like just the precision that he that he oh. manages that show with. Yeah, it's and crazy. just the way that like he he interacts with his writers and stuff every time i'm just like i just want to be here <laughs> yeah yeah i've never gotten to see any of that bad
1: process like the writing writing process or anything like that What i do get to see when i'm in there working is the rehearsals oh yeah for the show which is i mean it's like a master class every time that's my favorite oh, yeah. part because i'll go in there and you know whether we're doing a pre-tape bed or something on the live show there's that downtime where the rehearsals happening and i'm just sitting in the green room you know and they have it on the tvs and you just sit there and watch and and it's Conan with his guitar, just you know, like in yeah, clothes, yeah, he, do- he does his monologue his and stuff
0: with the guitar, and yeah,
1: and then uh, and they'll go up to the desk and they'll they'll run the bits and you know, and the speed and precision with which he he edits on the fly, where yeah. he'll he'll do a joke and add to it or cut or flip flip a punchline around, um, things that are like that are serial. So when it's when it's you know some gag where it's like photos of some ridiculous thing. And it's, you know, it's a series Mm -hmm. of things. Um, he'll do it. And then immediately be like, all right, I think, you know, I think we, we can lose this one. This one should go at the end. This one should actually be earlier. What if we flip that? And instead of, you know, instead of a funny wig, it's a funny mustache. I think that'll make this land better. Yeah. And he'll just flip it around on the fly. Lightning speed.
0: And move on. And it's like,
1: oh my God, he's totally right. Yeah. with everything, every time it's so perfect.
0: He's it, it, the only two hosts I've really heard do that meticulously was yeah. Conan and Jon Stewart. And like, I've heard Conan's changing the cards and stuff like yeah. up to the minute the show starts and Jon Stewart would do the same thing. I honestly, imma- I, I imagine that, that Colbert does the same thing because I've yeah. been in Colbert's audience when I've watched him, like the end of the monologue. And I can't remember if I've told the story on here. I, w- I was there the day that James Comey was fired really and oh that they, was
1: that was an interesting day
0: they it was a huge show as it was because it was the daily show reunion really so oh. as it was like you had john stewart sam b john oliver rob cordry and ed helms were all there yeah and so it was already a big day and they finished the monologue and colbert kind of walks off to the side of the stage and he comes back and he's like okay so while we were doing the monologue some big news went down yeah and his writers are off the side of the stage like scribbling. scribbling new stuff and he's quickly just like and it was insane to watch that part of the process happen yeah and it's just like i it's part of what i just love about late night and anybody listening to this is probably gonna be like so you guys just had a conan love fest for 30 <laughs> minutes and uh but it's it's oh, more or less sorry, it's our, guys, it happens it's our love for late night and yeah i mean you've had unique experiences on that show and yeah it it's things that when we when we were at Meltdown, I think it's what we even initially bonded over yeah, I was. So, yeah. I was wearing a Conan shirt, right? And you were just like, "Oh, you like you're a fan of Conan." And I, at the time, I was I was hoping to get an internship there that never happened. Yeah, uh, but it was at the, at the same time if it was for the better. It didn't happen. Yeah, That's good. You can get a job writing there. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's <laughs> how we can look at. Of course, that writing stuff has been kind of cut down a little bit with the new format. A little bit. So. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's been a weird animal trying to figure out. How- what what's what it's gonna yeah. look like? I'm with I'm the new format. I'm very
0: excited. I'll let you know when I'm there in a, in a few weeks. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I can't I'll tell wait in our workings. But yeah, that, that yeah, was, I'm that like, was oh, I we... hope they keep doing a lot of sketches. Oh, I <laughs> I, th- I think you are safe. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> but yeah, that that was what we had first bonded over was was our love for for Conan and yeah. for and for late night. So if anybody didn't expect this to go. Into into yeah, a I'm sorry uh, into a Conan love fest. It uh, <laughs> it was going there one way like, or another. I feel like we
1: didn't even <laughs> set it up properly at all. It was just like, oh, so these two guys are just going to talk about Conan immediately. Wonder why? They'll uh, they'll get
0: some of it on the intro. And okay, I'll, good. I, oh right I, right, I forewarn everybody that right. This is what we jumped into, and uh, <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, Conan is life, you know. So, yeah. It's, it's
1: just what it is. Yeah.
0: It, it is what it is. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but a, a little backstory on you because i mean that's that's how we got to know each other was that yeah was nerd that melt. meltdown yeah, yeah. so you, you've kind of been part of this uh these these episodes where i'm, I'm bringing some of the nerd melt crew nerd back melt that, are, that are regularly working on projects and stuff and yeah. i mean you've been insanely busy busy on uh doing some voiceover i know for some video games and yeah 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 and uh you've been shooting a few movies and yeah i've been pretty busy yeah, yeah. Voice the voiceover stuff
1: has been pretty big for me lately. Um, doing some video games that I I'm never allowed to talk about. Yeah, you can't NBA talk about them. Good make old you, NDAs. Make you sign those a- <laughs> I also love you know. I love that uh, our current politics has brought NDAs to the forefront of yeah. just public knowledge. So now when you say NDA, people are like, oh, yeah, I see. Who'd you have sex with? <laughs> yeah, so it was the boom mic operator. It was the boom. It's always the boom. <laughs> The dude holding the phallus, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been yeah, video game stuff. I do a lot of actually the, the the thing that most of my hours doing voiceover work these days and for the last couple of years is is uh, dubbing. I do a lot of dubbing work, so dialogue replacement, so foreign language, I dub it into English. Oh, cool. And. Um, it's hilarious (laughs) how how did you get into that side of it hilarious uh i just same way as everything else totally random just fell into it i was i was doing a, a play and uh another a fellow actor in the play had worked for this uh company this production studio that did lots of dubbing and one of the heads of that studio was in the audience one night and they were like oh we need some we need some teen like late, early 20s voices for this movie we, we're doing right now and uh yeah and so they brought me in and that studio kept rehiring me and i've since worked other places as well and
0: that's awesome yeah it's just something that total happenstance Vo- voiceover stuff is is very weird like i mean i yeah i came at it from like a radio side it's
1: weird weird how weird like well we're- well <laughs> well dubbing is weird because like some of the time you're kissing your hand right. and doing strange things yeah. It, love scenes and fight scenes. And yeah. the it, other day I was choking myself <laughs> in, a, in a
0: scene. <laughs> it's it weird. Yeah. Like we, for, for a, a, a animated pilot that I can't discuss because of a lovely NDA, Ooh. Uh, uh. there, I, I was, I was doing audio engineering for one of the actors, but then I also voice a character in it too. Nice. And, it was it was crazy too because this actor is a I'm a huge fan of and watching him just come in and just seamlessly do it but then having to do like the noises like the just things like that yeah, just like having to sit there and watch somebody awkwardly do that and then when it's your turn they're just like all right so do this and uh now now do it this way but like if you're tripping or <laughs> yeah it's like having to like make I can't even think of what those noises are called but well, efforts in video game,
1: okay. video game land is for like any any exertions, yeah. things like exertion that. noises. That's yeah, what that's yeah, what I was yeah. thinking. of. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: yeah, it's 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 such an awkward thing to just like you're just standing there surrounded by by foam, and you're just like, uh, you're yeah. making throw up noises or choking noises. Oh, you gotta or.
1: throw you gotta throw your ego out, the, out yeah. the window real fast.
0: Yeah, you can't be precious about anything, and you're gonna be doing the most. In, I mean, acting as it is is kind of embarrassing. But then you have yeah. to you, – you, you get into a little box, and you just have to make noises. Right. It, it, it,
1: it, well, it's even worse because you have headphones on, and so your voice is being played. <laughs> right. Like, you, you have headphones on, so you can't hear yourself through the air, so you're not hearing yourself normally. And then you're hearing yourself played back, and you, yeah. like, lose all frame of reference of what <laughs> noises are coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird thing for sure. Yeah, the efforts are funny. So, like, in, in, in video games, you, you end up doing a whole – strings of like punches and hits and kicks because you know yeah so much of it is fighting right and in any video game you like as your character's fighting they have a whole range of noises that they make um and like the other day i was i was doing one where it's like i was supposed to be getting hit right and so i made whatever sound actually this was this was with dubbing during a fight scene and i was supposed to be getting hit and uh and then we played it back and the director's like cool cool so, so that sounded like you were hitting somebody. We, we needed to sound like you were getting hit.
0: So I did it again. And they're like,
1: cool, cool. Yeah, um, again, again, it sounded like you weren't. You were not getting hit that time. So we need you to. We need you to sound like you're actually getting hit. And it's like I don't even know. Like you lose frame of reference right. what that sounds like. Um, and and especially when you're doing strings of them, where it's like, like light punch medium punch you're like i don't get hit very medium often how, how does yeah. that sound yeah exactly <laughs> like what, what is it but you know you you develop some tricks for yeah. making that stuff happen it's one of those things where acting is half the game but the other half of the game is just technique
0: and experience and right getting to know how how to do it yeah and it's, how to give them what they need it's one of those fields too that you're allowed to fail like that's the thing i think i love yeah. the most about about anything like especially as we're both continuing to you know build our careers in this just insane industry yeah is a lot of a lot of other type of jobs they don't really give you a lot of room to fail whereas it's in, it's almost encouraged where it's like yep you it sounded like you were getting hit or it sounded like you were hitting somebody not getting hit yeah like you know it takes several takes sometimes to get it just right and and it's great to be able to realize that it's okay i don't have to be perfect on on the first take i I get to do this a few times and you know sure time is money and you know you fuck it up too many times and they're gonna be like we're gonna see the next act yeah there's definitely a, a, a ticking clock on that yeah but you still you still get that chance to uh to play with it and yeah and to realize that you know this person's not just gonna like tear your head off if you don't get it right the first time right well and you really need that i mean
1: especially in voiceover where it's all you have is your voice so it's important that it it is uh, as close to exactly what you want as possible yeah um but if you try and force that then you you tighten up and it and it doesn't work mm-hmm. like it just doesn't work you tense up and it sounds wrong and and it's not interesting it's not relaxed it's right. not fluid um and so so you need to be able to relax and take risks cuz it's when you you try something crazy that you end up with something interesting <laughs> right so so that's
0: it's just so important for that was it hard for you to kind of get into that headspace when you started doing voiceover to be able to uh, to relax and just let yourself go oh yeah well my the first
1: voiceover stuff i did was audiobook oh which um is just oh man it is a marathon yeah (laughs) doing audiobook uh and and self-produced audiobook at that so i was sitting in my closet talking for hours and hours and hours and then I was editing (laughs) so then listening to myself for four hours for every hour that I recorded you know and uh your room it's just like
0: James in his closet talking again exactly yeah (laughs) yeah
1: um well the worst was that like so when I started doing this it was uh I was living in an apartment with a few friends and um I was upstairs it was this cool three-story place and so I recorded in my closet was the best place to record and I shared a wall with the neighbor on the opposite side. Come to realize through my recording experience that wall I shared was actually a bathroom wall. <laughs> yeah. So, so you got some
0: other exertion noises. So so I got some <laughs> exertions. I got some efforts uh, happening.
1: Well, it was mostly the toilet flush. Yeah. Actually, it'd be like you'd be like, oh, I hear like there's this weird buzzing. Oh, the fan is on. The fan yeah. is on across, and there's the flush. Cool. I'm glad he was peeing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so and so th- that though of like being right in the middle of a, uh, of you know on a roll, doing a paragraph, two paragraphs, cool. I haven't messed up. I'm you know on a roll here, going through this book, and then all of a sudden the toilet flushes. It's like, well, <laughs> shit. I gotta go back and start over. <laughs> Um, so as we say that my toilet makes it yeah sad, thank it's you toilet noise. your timing is impeccable as always
0: luckily i don't hear it picking up on here we'll see when i quickly listen back it's to this there. if it's there it'll be there because it
1: what are we recording on here yeah so th-
0: these are pretty directional
1: so it uh yeah it'll
0: get a little something it, it, it'll get a little something i and what's funny is mine just randomly started doing it this used to be a recording safe space and I, then all of a sudden it just started just this
1: i bet your flapper <laughs> is loose
0: I've, I've been told I have a problem yes, with my flapper. Yes, I know, I know, that's I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the little valve that covers the hole in the toilet, which is what, when you press the flusher handle, it lifts it up and yeah. the water goes down. I bet it's loose and uh-huh. so it's leaking. And so this th- has been Plumbing 101. Yeah, Plumbing 101. <laughs> plumbing 101 with James Cimic. So, the, uh, so the, the tank is probably depleting itself and then is mm. refilling periodically because it's slowly leaking into your toilet.
0: I'll have to check this. Not there, not right this moment. Yeah, but I will yeah, hope yeah,
1: to. yeah. My dad owns a plumbing company, <laughs> <laughs> so every once in a while, a little bit of knowledge comes out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that uh, I, I and and now I know it's a flapper. It's so. uh, yeah, the
1: fla the flapper valve. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, my dad will have a word with me if if I got that wrong. <laughs> if he's listening to this. Sorry, Dad. I'm just trying to make you proud, Dad. <laughs> so so your dad <laughs> your dad owns
0: a plumbing company. Yeah, yeah. He and he and my uncle. Uh, plumbing and electrical,
1: yeah, service and repair.
0: So did did they did they ever kind of want you to go into the family business, or was acting kind of always the uh, the forefront?
1: Well, I worked there in high school. Um, no, I don't. I mean, i would never felt any pressure or anything like that. I don't know that. I, I, I mean, it was the business. Yeah, you know, it was just what. It wasn't necessarily. Well, it's not something that's been passed down from generation to generation. My okay. uncle started it twenty five thirty years ago, something like that, and it was just kind of the and high um, school job
0: and when you when you made the move yeah. you made the move, yeah,
1: exactly, well, my dad was an actuary he he um he like bought half the company, oh okay. and started working as the manager, you know managing the business nice, so um, so that wasn't his background, so it was never really it was never really like son, you're gonna grow up and learn the family <laughs> trade Here's You you on the flapper valve, yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was never really you know there was no pressure there
0: whatsoever what was acting something that always kind of was in the forefront that that was what you were going to do no acting was always something that
1: i wanted to do i was interested in but was too embarrassed to ask to like go and be in a play (laughs) i just never really like it just wasn't something i don't know nobody in my family did it and it wasn't it wasn't something that was necessarily offered of like hey do you want to go be be in a play and can uh, you sing can you dance on yeah 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 <laughs> and uh and so i just never really did and um yeah I, I didn't i i did my first play in high school the first real play that i did was my junior year of high school and um i ended up there because i was in choir and the choir the choir overlapped with the theater kids mm-hmm. and i mean at that level, and I grew up in a relatively small town. Uh, musical theater is all there is. Like yeah. you're not you're not doing Death of a Salesman. Like you're, you're, you know, musical theater. It's what you right. do. So, um, so I was in choir, and I g- I got into choir because I wanted to go on the big choir trip because my sister got to go to China, yeah. with choir. And two years before that, they went to Australia, and it was like, hell oh, yeah, I'm going to join choir we're, and go to. Your guys' cool choir place. tours were elaborate. Ours no, were we just throughout New the York. U.S. We didn't we didn't get to really <laughs> leave the country. Uh, which was an it was a great trip but um but but yeah so that, like i joined choir uh, one because it was fun and like i knew people and yeah. had friends and whatever but um, but really it was for fu- fully selfish reasons but yeah. then i ended up falling into also like all right well here's my segue into now now i'm doing theater and uh and i loved it yes and, um
0: yeah See, I, I was i was i was a choir kid too okay and i i never i wanted to do the musicals but i always thought my dad would make fun of me oh really and and, and that it just wouldn't it wouldn't work so i never did one of the musicals even though i always loved it which ironically now like my family has all season tickets for like all the off like all the broadway touring and that comes through salt lake and since me and both my brothers live out of state like they've like we have season tickets for all of the uh Oh, like, like I've got some for the Pantages. My brother's yeah. got some in their states. And like, it's yeah, stuff so that my us. my dad bought them for all of us because we didn't get to be in Salt Lake with yeah. them seeing it. And it's like 10 years ago, if I would have been like, I want I want to be in The King and I or something, like my dad would have been like, what is your problem? Why yeah. do you want to sing and dance?
1: Yeah, I feel like musical theater is a lot more mainstream. Like it's a lot cooler
0: yeah. than it used to be. Yeah, I, Little did I know, though, my dad's always liked it. Oh, and really? I was just like, so he'd always have liked it, but he wouldn't have liked it if I was in it. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, he 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 teased me enough with like the singing and stuff growing up. Right. So and right. And now, now more and more, I look at it and I'm just like, I don't know why. You missed like, your calling, <laughs> Tim. There's still I, time. I, I that th- that's true. I could I could always still try and yeah try and do the whole Broadway thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've I've always wanted to write a Broadway play. You should. So and I have one in mind. Okay. So that I I like here and there, like when I'm writing, a Broadway I have musical, a, or, a Broadway musical, uh-huh. and like it's just it's it's chipped away. Like I have a Word doc with all of my other writing stuff, and every so often, just a new idea will pop in. And since it's not like in the forefront of my mind of what I'm working on right now, I'll just be like, oh, this would work right here. And so like I just kind of have the acts broke up, mm-hmm. but uh, it'll if I could ever get it made, it's definitely different than anything that's that's been out there. Okay. Cool. I'll t- I'll tell you about it off mic because uh Yeah, let me know about it. A, let me know. Maybe it's a fun put one put you in touch I, with some uh,
1: musically inclined people that I know. That would be perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when, when did yeah. the uh nowhere now is back home for you. Uh Chico, California. Okay, so not too, too far. California. Not too far. Not too far. Um seven hours away. it's it's funny because we say not too far but it's It's like that's
0: the distance almost if i was to drive back to utah for christmas yeah it's about the same distance for me to drive back to salt lake from from los angeles
1: california is a very tall state yeah yeah uh so it's it's not close but it's it's close enough to drive yeah right um yeah so yeah i grew up in chico um uh which as people may know from the fire that just yeah that just annihilated destroyed Paradise <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah Paradise is like almost a suburb of Chico it's like ten minutes up the hill so so yeah so just a light oh, note was, light your, no was your family evacuated at all or anything during that um, no not my immediate family so Chico didn't really was didn't really burn like the fire didn't really mm-hmm. get down into Chico it stopped essentially right on the edge um, I had an aunt and uncle who lost a home. My great uncle lost uh his home as well jeez. Oh, yeah so and I, I you know i know tons of people who who grew up up there you know like i got friends up there and they'd come down to school down the hill and that kind of thing tons of people live up there and work down in chico and um yeah it's, it's just crazy
0: so are, are all a, are all of them doing o- doing okay right now or are they yeah, I, as far I, as I, I know, I mean, it took so many people by surprise that there's still people living in RVs and stuff all, all throughout paradise. Yeah. And. Well, it was crazy. Be, I was home three weeks ago or a month ago for Thanksgiving
1: and uh, and driving in, driving up Highway 99. There were like tent cities. Yeah. Like these small little tent cities driving in, which is, you know, in L.A., you see tent cities in Chico. Yeah. That's just, just called just the one tent. An anomaly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, home sweet home. Yeah. Um, So it's just very strange to see
0: that. That's just so out of the ordinary up there. Not that we make light necessarily of it here. It's a terrible homeless situation here. Yeah, yeah, no. But yeah, up there they were just kind of forced into it. They lost everything.
1: Right, right, yeah. Um, I mean, anywhere for it for it to go from nothing to that, yeah, overnight is a bit a bit alarming. Um, Yeah, but what a disaster.
0: Yeah, and to be to be closely affected by it too, to have
1: friends and family that it was such a gut punch. Yeah. I was—I mean—I was down here. It was like it was weird. I felt like I should have been there, yeah, to experience this crazy trauma that was going on. I and the like same it reminded time. me of how closely I'm—I feel connected to yeah. the place where I grew up. It was like the home. Like home is burning. Like home is under attack right now. And yeah, I would, like I'm not there. This is so weird. I, was, I would watch the news reports every night, and um, you know they had like town hall meetings every night, and I would tune into those and call call the family, of course, and stuff like that. But it was crazy. It was just yeah. I, I
0: can only imagine having to basically watch a part of your home just like yeah, just like get ravaged by the unthinkable. Yeah, just wiped off the face of the earth. It yeah, that's crazy. Just, I mean, at the same time, we had the fire going on in Malibu and yeah. Calabasas over here, and it's like I mean that from from where we're at right now, I mean that's thirty miles away. Yeah, that's not far. But it's like I I'm in Santa Monica just about every day. Right. And like. I, I, was I was in santa off. monica that day yeah i, I was yeah. too i was I, I was driving towards there and i was like is that smoke yeah. coming up and i i i got down into santa monica and i was like oh yeah there's look like there's a fire coming out and then i started seeing the alerts popping up and i was just like ah shit like th- this is more serious than i th- than i thought it was and as i start started heading back here all of a sudden i heard there's a fire in griffith park and i was just like what is happening yeah and like luckily that one that one got put out very quickly uh, cuz i mean that would have that probably would have evacuated us if it had been that size like in griffith oh, park it would have been that size oh, yeah. yeah yeah like oh, we yeah. would we would have been evacuated even here yeah because i mean even though malibu's 30 miles away 30 40 miles away we were still getting ash and stuff for that like crazy here yeah like well, i had to get... dust off my car every day <laughs> oh really for yeah. multiple days yeah it there was, was one
1: day that was really bad all across L.A. oh yeah the other days, like, when I saw the smoke, it looked like it was all being blown out to sea. Yeah, it, like,
0: it blew out to sea, and then, like, the following day, so it started on a Friday. Yeah. And then that Saturday, that was the day that it hit all of us. I, I had been driving back down into Santa Monica on that Saturday, and I started getting closer and closer, and all of a sudden, the air just started getting browner and browner, and I stopped at a Vons. I had to run in and grab a drink. And like, I took a picture of it because it was just unbelievable because it was just, you couldn't see the sky. It was just brown. Yeah. It was, it was really a weird feeling. And then starting to drive back into Hollywood, it was like, it had just like followed me. Mm. And it was the weirdest feeling to be like, I've never been in around anything like this. Mm. And to like, see, you know, parts of that destruction. And then I don't know if you've been back up through Malibu or Calabasas, I mean, even since like i drove up the 101 yeah when you go through the 101 through yeah. calabasas it's just crazy to be like and to see some of the destruction but then also to see some of the homes that somehow survived and you're like right how did you yeah what, how what did were you, you make doing? it through that what did that? you build your house out of yeah or even <laughs> you should like have the, told people about that the skirball fire that happened last year along oh, the floor f- i drove up while that was burning yeah was i did crazy. too and it was terrifying yeah and to see some of the houses that were saved it was just like how did you make it like literally like circles of like fire around them and the houses were fine yeah and it's but yeah it's just it's crazy to have to see that but to be so closely affected by it i can't even imagine i I was just seeing malibu canyon on fire and i was just like i i drive through there all the time like i love that drive Mm and it's just kind of gone like it's yeah it's all charred and
1: yeah, yeah it, yeah, it it was kind of surreal. My dad said that the the smoke, so the smoke was so thick in Chico, it was all just going paradise, just sitting right over Chico. Mm-hmm. And my dad told me that it was it was basically a, a solar eclipse for oh, a wow. few days. Like you couldn't, it was dark. It was That's like crazy. Darkness, and and the weather forecast was for like seventy five degrees, and the temperature on the ground was forty two.
0: Oh wow! Yeah,
1: just solar eclipse it was yeah. like nighttime
0: all day that's just insane yeah you know, yeah I'm, I'm glad i'm glad your immediate family is, is safe and hopefully yeah well the, i mean uh,
1: everybody's safe so that's yeah. you
0: know that's obviously the the key thing there and hopefully there yeah. hopefully those that you know and i mean everybody yeah. there is able to get back on their feet because it's just yeah yeah it, I, I can't even fathom it just seeing the pictures and stuff from up there it's just it's crazy it's unthinkable well i got to go
1: up so they just i think this week reopened paradise for people to start going back in, um, but my, my aunt and uncle didn't live in Paradise proper. They were kind of on towards the, w- the edge of the fire, a canyon or two over, um, in Butte Creek Canyon is what okay. it's called, um, and so that was kind of more on the edge of the fire, and that was the first area that they allowed people back into, and it was the day that I went up for Thanksgiving. I drove up there, and the next day, they were opening that for the first time for people to come up and check it out and like, you know collect stuff anything right. that might have survived which mostly meant just go and look and see that nothing had survived yeah and uh and and so i ended up on my way before i came back down here to la i went up there i drove up up the road to go see their property and whoo now uh, those
0: are clawed. those are images that just kind of stick with you forever too yeah
1: you know like i grew up playing in that house like i would go hang out up there and we would do holidays up there and like you know uh, The only way that it was recognizable was because of this like brick uh, that they had in front of their house, a brick planter. Other than that, you couldn't tell it was the same house at all. Jeez, because it was just leveled. And going up there the whole way, it's like chimneys is all it's standing. Oh,
0: that's crazy.
1: And yeah, it was wild. There was so they live on on in the canyon. The creek is maybe I don't know thirty feet down a steep bank uh, down below them, and they had a deck uh, and steps, wooden steps that went uh, down to the creek. And wood, of course, all gone. Yeah. But the the weird thing was that all the screws and nails that had put the thing together hadn't melted. And so, in place of the deck, it was just bare earth with hundreds of nails oh, and screws weird. That's eerie. tracing the path of where the steps went
0: down. Oh, that is, yeah. That's just heart wrenching and,
1: and very eerie. Very, very eerie. Yeah. Like nothing survived. And then anything that's aluminum either evaporated or melted um their their trash cans my, my uncle told me told told this story when they came back the first day he was like yeah there's this um pile of of glass bottles in our driveway that was just this pile of glass bottles and we were talking about it trying to figure out where did those come from like why why is there a pile of glass there and they realized that that was their recycling bin oh wow and all that was left of the bin, the plastic bin, was, was just this, like, ghost, circular, like, greasy imprint on the, the the pavement. And then this pile of glass bottles that were, like, broken but hadn't melted. Wow. Because they were glass.
0: Now, is this your uncle that owns the plumbing yeah, company? Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. so it was It's just strange to see. So I got to see that, too. Yeah. It's just so weird.
0: Yeah, that was just... Well, I'm, I'm glad they're okay, and hopefully yeah. they're able to to rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 rebuild quickly here.
1: Yeah, this is a great comedy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you got here too. <laughs> hey, sometimes sometimes things get real. <laughs> <laughs> Funny people have real lives too.
0: So w- when yeah. you, how old were you when you kind of made your way down to LA, and was it was that always kind of the goal when you had started when you had started acting and doing the high school plays and stuff?
1: Oh, I mean, no. Like in, I would never have admitted that to anybody. I think it, it was in the back of my mind. Like yeah. I, I had I had those thoughts and wouldn't acknowledge them. I was a closet actor, and uh, <laughs> uh, I I uh, I came down here to UCLA. I came down for school for um, not studying acting. Um, what, what were you studying? Uh, I got degrees in math and English. Okay. So cr- English creative writing. I did the English degree to get the creative writing emphasis, and then and then applied math. So, yeah, I always thought I was going to be a scientist or an engineer (laughs) or something like that. Like, that was always, I mean, that was kind of the path laid before me. Yeah. I was always very precocious, I guess, in, in math and sciences and was, you know, way ahead. I had half a math degree done by the time I got to college. Oh, nice. And so so it was like that was, you know, that was kind of where I always assumed I would go. But I think in retrospect, I think there were two things that fueled that thought that I would end up doing that. I think one of them was my my oldest brother was uh, very smart and had uh, very advanced and you know went to Caltech and was is, is an engineer now and doing aerospace and oh cool um and so he's he's very smart and I was very competitive <laughs> and so <laughs> I I like I wanted to like beat him beat his academic prowess and uh, and so like I was chasing him and then also I loved science fiction and I had a very romantic notion of you know of the nobility of science and 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 the adventure of scientific pursuit yeah but that was probably just because I really like stories and and books and um, that's not the actuality of doing math day to day <laughs> I came to discover. You it's were not, not going to be able exciting. to build the Enterprise. Or <laughs> I was not going to build the Enterprise. No, I was not. Um, yeah, and so it was, was kind of those those two things I think really were what was fueling
0: my. Yeah. You 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 sound like both of my brothers. I one of my brothers is in dental school. The others in med school. Yeah. And they always w- just competed nonstop on yeah. who was doing better in in their different medical fields. <laughs> right. Right.
1: Yeah. It wasn't a direct competition. I mean, I'm, I'm six years younger. And so he was he was far enough where it was like there's yeah. was, there was no direct competition. I was following the footsteps and being like, All right, here was the benchmark that was set. Let's see what I can do to beat that. Yeah. You know? And I I love those fields. I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. But it's not, I came to realize in college, something that I actually want to do all day <laughs> every day. Something I want to dabble in and like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Rather than, you know, twelve hours at a time. So so yeah, so that's I came down here for school and um and p- uh part of the reason, a significant part of the reason why I ended up at UCLA was because it was in LA. And I was already going like, all right, like I could go to school and then like, you know, dip my toe in and yeah. like see, there's stuff there, like stuff's casting down there. I could see what's going on and maybe try an audition for some things. And then by the time I graduated, I was like, all right, putting this degree in my cupboard and
0: we are <laughs> we are doing it how how did, how did your family react to that when you're just like yeah so i got these this you know english and math degree but uh i'm gonna go play pretend uh, <laughs> i mean my
1: they were super supportive my family's super supportive and uh i did, it was like i slow rolled admitting like my my coming out of the closet as an actor was so slow played <laughs> You know, like I started doing it in high school and, you know, they would come out and see my stuff and, yeah. they, you know, I, they could tell I really enjoyed it. And then I did it all through college and my parents would come down and see plays that I was in and that kind of thing. And they were always really, really supportive. And, um, you know, so then when it came time, it was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm staying and giving it a try. You know, this is what I'm, I'm going to do. And they're like, all right, cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> did, did, did they give you at least you have the degree to fall back on? Um I don't think they've
2: ever
1: said that expressly. It's definitely been implied. Yeah, every once in a while my mom, my mom will, will have the like, so how's it how's it going?
0: Conversation. See, I, yeah. I, I I still get the like I think my family now gets that it's like, oh, he actually knows what he's doing. It's yeah, it's but so because I was just about done with my business degree when I was just like, I hate yeah. this. I hate this so much and so it's like i never finished the degree to fall back on but part of me was just like yeah i don't have that to fall back on so i gotta make this other stuff work yeah it just has to work
1: yeah and we gotta find some money here somewhere yeah
0: and and i think <laughs> i know my parents are just like what the hell are you doing like you're not gonna have that to fall back on and i'm just like nah <laughs> yeah nope nope yeah i was like yeah. i think i'll put a gun in my mouth if i do that oh, so uh so yeah, I'm not I'm not going to do that. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, you realize like it's just unavoidable. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people realize that and then do it anyway. Yeah, and, I, don't. and I,
0: don't, I had even intended to use the business degree for entertainment. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, nah, I've got to be making stuff. I I can't, yeah. I can't sit back and watch other people make stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's kind of...
0: I mean, I finished the degree, so... Yeah, yeah you finished the degree. <laughs> I got two of them. Yeah. I'm good, yeah. Well, I think that's part
1: of, like, if I was really struggling, my parents would definitely... Right. ...probably try and nudge me. You yeah. know, they're so my how, parents. How, they want me to be degrees? stable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, they you know, I've never, you know, I've done fine financially. I've never really, like, had to borrow money from them or anything yeah. like that. So, you know, because I seem to be doing okay, they're, they're like, all right, well, this is great, like... Good yeah for you. But yeah, remember
0: I, you could always <laughs> <laughs> I I, th- I think my parents are just like, All right, well you're 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 moving to Los Angeles, like it's expensive there. Like Yeah. And I'm like, Yep, I'm gonna be working for myself. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah. And you know, after like a full deck like, year and a half now of self employment and they're like, Oh, all right. Like I guess he I guess he yeah, figured it like, out. Well, he
1: as far as we know, he still has a
0: apartment. Yeah, he's he hasn't died yet. Yeah, he, so. hasn't, he hasn't died yet. He still randomly has things on TV. So yeah, yeah. All right. He does this
1: podcast, which is like proof of life, essentially. Yeah.
0: So that's good. <laughs> yeah, this is the I'm still breathing <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Hi, mom and dad. <laughs> I'm still alive. No so, need
1: to drive out here yet.
0: <laughs> what What was the uh, What was the first thing that you got cast in where you were just like, all right, here we go. This is the uh, <laughs> This is what we're doing. I I don't. You mean as far as like. Me knowing that it was something I wanted to do,
1: or the first thing that felt like a real thing—the
0: first thing that kind of felt like a real thing, where you're just like, "All right, I'm I'm on the I'm on the path." Ooh, I'll let you know when it happens. <laughs>
2: I, I think <laughs> I
1: think Conan's a fair signifier. Conan's a cool one. Conan's a cool one. Um, yeah, I don't honestly, I don't know. I mean, it might have been Conan where it was like, oh, "Okay, like I'm on TV." Yeah, I'm on TV. Cool. That's real.
2: That's that's tangible.
1: <laughs> That's something to point to how did, how did nerd melt come in the mix for you um i ended up at nerd melt because i was doing classes at Nerdist school i was doing improv okay. classes so i was doing that first and i wanted free classes <laughs> <laughs> and and also like it it made sense to me i was looking for like a social outlet yeah i was looking for something some way to be hanging out with people um Yeah, it was kind of a weird moment in my life. I had I had uh, had a long relationship that had ended. I mean, it was it was a little while between then and when I started at NerdMelt, but it was still like I was still kind of putting my social circle back together. Like, oh, you're still
0: kind of in limbo.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, a lot of those people we hung out with were your friends. So like, <laughs> let's 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 find my friend group I, here again. I, I, and I, re- I lost those in the divorce. So. Yeah, <laughs> reconnect with people that I haven't spoken with enough lately.
0: They they need to have friend alimony <laughs> for those types of situations. They, they should. They really should.
1: They really should. So I hired a friendship lawyer to help me figure that out. <laughs> but but yeah, nerd melt was one of those things that you know it was like it made it just made sense. Yeah. At that point in time, it was like cool. I want to. This would be great, and I'll get to see awesome shows. And, w- and when was it that you started there? Because you oh, of course were before me. How long has me? it been since? I, I feel like I was there for maybe a year. Okay, I wasn't that long before you. I was. I mean, I was only there for a year, so it was a matter of months. Yeah, so you were
0: there. <laughs> you were there about five months before me
1: then. Yeah, maybe yeah, some some around yeah, there. Yeah, five six months maybe before a little me. less, but yeah, okay. some, something like that. So yeah, long enough to like yeah.
0: to like know know most of the people. Yeah, it was you, you you couldn't not know everybody that goes through there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Yes, that's how I ended up there. Yeah, I feel like I was kind of it was it was I was kind of a random person at Nerdmelt. I mean, everybody was Yeah. C- came from every which every which way. But so many people there were stand-ups. Mm. Um the people who would who would intern would do it because of the stand-up community yeah. and getting to see the shows and getting to be around that. And I've never done stand-up in my life. And I I was, you know, uh, improv sketch comedy that kind of yeah. stuff um I, I do event hosting and stuff as well, which is stand up adjacent, but I've like never gone up on a stage with prepared material to try and do a stand up right before. um and and it wasn't the goal like that wasn't really the goal. I was just there to enjoy it for the most part. It was actually kind of sad that i i was I was getting ready to go up and and do the nerd Melt open mic, okay and I was like, all right, like I've been here like. It's about time for me to just get up there and, and just, just do it for the hell of it one day. Right. <clears throat> and then the news came down and it was closing.
0: It was like that same month I was about to do that. You should have you just come for the final one. I wasn't here. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Because you, you went out of town for- Yeah, I don't remember like, where I was, but I wasn't here. Yeah, because you weren't there for the final show no. either, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, that's there. right.
1: Scheduling issues.
0: Yeah, that uh, it sucked. Yeah, I I, I wore the proud badge of honor that I was the final uh, nerd meld open mic comic. Really? That you I were the final person to do a set. Yeah, I was the final one. Wow. So I I had told Caitlin when we got in there that day because I was filming stuff that entire day. Yeah. And I I straight up told her I was just like I I want to be the final one because this this mic meant so much to me as a kid in Salt Lake. Yeah. Listening to the Nerdist podcast when they launched it and we're like. I was like I want to do that open mic so bad. I I yeah. want to be there. And ironically that same day I had interviewed Matt Myra for the video. Yeah. And Matt's the one who started the mic. Right. And so like it was it was it was a bunch of warm fuzzies for that day but th- the first time I ever did it, uh, Austin and I had had come down here uh for a classic groundlings. Okay. So we had we, literally we drove all day from Salt Lake Got in here at four in the afternoon, walked all the way down to Meltdown, which we didn't realize how far it was, and we were pretty much staying not too far from here, <laughs> and walked all the way down there, uh, did a set, and walked all the way back. <laughs> and then the next day, we did our classic Groundlings. for you. Yeah. We did our classic Groundlings, and then drove all the way back to Salt Lake. Does Austin do comedy, too? No, he's primarily an actor, so he'll okay. he'll do some comedy here and there, but he very much just sticks to just sticks to acting yeah and uh we, we more or less were just trying to get some extra improv training and some of that and yeah it was just me rushing down and i had to do it and so i closed out that night not just as the last comic but doing the very first set i ever did oh you did the same set. i did the same set so that i could kind of just come full circle and kind of come to terms with this place i loved that it was just like it was. It was kind of my my go to. Anytime we'd come out here to do podcasts and everything, I went to Meltdown. Yeah, like it was just my go to. And so I was like, oh, I'm I'm closing this out as something personal for, for me to be able to, uh, yeah, to selfishly kind of be like, I'm gonna be the last one, and this is what I'm doing. <laughs> That's so cool. You, I, made I was, your, <laughs> you made your own little narrative yeah. arc. I, I was also uh, your story the though, final, really cool. I was the final intern too. The final intern? To intern. I was the last one standing. Oh,
1: like like you, you let everybody else leave? No, they you...
0: all belled on me. You were alone? I was alone because no. they had the intern show, and then they all went to eat, but there were still a couple of us that were working that night, and they all just belled. All right. <laughs> wow, so you were the only responsible person ever to come out of Nerd Melt. <laughs> to be fair, there was only two others that were supposed to be working but yeah they all just kind of went off and like there's still a show to do and yeah yeah oh
1: man i'm surprised you didn't like get into a tiny wooden raft and just push off into the into the open ocean just full truman show and just just, hit the edge of it just sail away and then yeah
2: (laughs) yeah
0: oh that's crazy how did your material go How, how did it play It played better than it did the first time because it was a polished bit at that point. Okay. so And And I'm uh, sure that was probably quite a supportive audience. It it was. I mean, it was like there were a lot of interns there. There were also, I mean, being the very last one, usually, of course, there's nobody there at that point. Yeah. But there was still a handful of people that had stuck around to be able to be there for the very final open mic there. Yeah. Did you say anything to that effect? Did you yeah. say that you were repeating your? Yeah, I did set? after after I after I finished my closer that I had after. Closed, I, oh, you said it after. You I said it, it after, so okay. I just went into it. You just went in my as if, thing, and you then,
1: were a little little 2011 Tim. Yeah, and then and yeah. then
0: and then I let some of the emotion kind of a uh, kind of hit me at that moment, I and mean, that's where I told people like, yeah, this was the finals. Or this was the first set I ever did in this room, and so that was that was the only. 2011 was when it opened. I didn't do a set there, though, until 2014. Yeah. So And they were like,
1: oh, that's why he was referencing David after Dentist. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. It all makes sense now. We thought that was a little strange. Yeah, that was, that was weird.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess that thing's still something, but... <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm bummed I missed that. You didn't miss much. It's not that great <laughs> of a bit, but... <laughs> <laughs> But oh, that's funny yeah it's
0: uh yeah. It, it's still sad every time i drive down sunset and i see yeah me too i see yeah. the the shell of it yeah and i'm just like ah, yeah it's
1: weird how it's weird how the community because it was a strong community tied to that place yeah how when the place closes it just dissolves it just evaporates like it never existed yeah you know and obviously those those ties live on yeah but And and like a lot of people,
0: kind of, they either went to the Ruby or over to Dynasty. Yeah, sure,
1: sure, sure. But yeah, it's still strange that it's you know, the location was was the center point of that universe. Yeah, it really was all tied to that little room.
0: Yeah, and like the the I think the last time I drove like drove up the street to the side of it, like the Meltdown Comics painting on the back is no longer there. Oh, is it gone? Like it's just all black, if I remember right. And that was just kind of (sighs) like, like it's even more real. Like yeah, yeah. Like the Ninja Turtles mural is still there. I don't yeah. think that'll ever go anywhere since uh, the dude that drew the turtles is the one who did that. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's weird, very weird to be like, yeah, this this was my my home as I as yeah. I moved here and found a sense of community and. Yeah, for you, it
1: really was. It's such a cool thing. Like I love that. Like it was kind of the siren's call for you. It was.
0: Yeah. It was this dingy little comic book store that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Had a comedy room in the back.
1: Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, because like for me. I didn't expect it to be, I, I didn't go into it with that, anything of that level of reverence. Yeah. You know, I came in like, oh, this is cool. Like I'm doing classes <laughs> here and yeah, there's comedy that happens back here. This is cool. I'll come hang out. Um, and so I kind of didn't expect to get attached yeah. to the extent that I did. How when it closed, it was really sad. Like yeah, I mean, it, it made me realize, oh, I actually, I actually cared about this place. Yeah. You know, my heart grew three sizes. Yeah, I mean, you can
0: even see behind you. There's actually a couple of posters there from oh, yeah, uh, yeah. from Meltdown shows. Those were ones in San Diego. These ones were in San Diego. Those ones were in San Diego when Kumel, Jonan and Kumel took the show down there.
1: I didn't know that ever happened.
0: Yeah, they did. They did it a couple of years where they took it to the uh, American Comedy Company there. Yeah, and they yeah they did a live Meltdown uh, at during Comic Con, and so it was like even even then it was like we were coming coming out from Salt Lake for Comic Con and we had to be at the meltdown show it yeah. was it was still something that just had to be yeah had to be done <laughs> yeah
1: yeah what a time what a time
0: yeah it, it, tr- it truly was the end of a comedy era here yeah it kind of was i mean it was it was
1: definitely it's weird cuz it was definitely a scene oh, and yeah. it was a scene that had reached fruition and then blossomed and like the spores went everywhere All right <laughs> before i ever got there you know obviously there's still amazing comedy happening there but by the
0: time I started working there, meltdown the show was done. Yeah, the meltdown show was over, and but but even even since like you know Sammy uh, had the historical roast going on yeah, with yeah. that with Eddie Firth and and that got picked up for Netflix yeah. and and so it's it's like it's crazy to see what the things that 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 place made happen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it it still is hallowed ground. It may not yeah. be meltdown anymore, but when I drive it's past it, it, it's a for sure yeah it's, it's it's still it's still a place of worship <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well, be, before before we wrap up here kind of circling back to your your math degree yeah and stuff now you've done a podcast that is math centered i have yeah and i i remember kind of reading about it and yeah. i didn't fully grasp the concept okay <laughs> so so explain it I to me On the i work
1: a, on my my marketing materials it, it's it, i shouldn't yeah. i
0: shouldn't put the blame on you it just the way well, it's I, probably the way where it i belongs. read it i was just like yeah, it's probably belongs i don't know me. that i fully understand it so so tell me more about about how your podcast works because i was fascinated yeah. with the little bit i did understand
1: okay so yeah so my podcast is called digits it's um so my tagline is a show about numbers and us so essentially it's um, it's in the same vein as something like Radiolab, something along those lines, um, where uh, I, I we tell stories, we do journalism, we investigate topics, um, and everything, everything, a key element is math and, and or numbers, is a key element of every story. Okay. So it's intentionally a little bit of a broad umbrella, so... Um, it's more of a perspective rather than, like, everything we do is about math. Um, the focus is on interesting stories, interesting topics that relate to our lives as people, human experience. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a background in math, and um, and I- numbers provide c- an interesting way to look at things, yeah. I think. Uh, it's a tool that allows us to do everything we do as humans, and... Um, can also lead to an interesting perspective on a story or a topic that you may not think about. So, for example, so like in, in the first season of the show, um, the very first episode was about voting algorithms. Okay. So this was on the heels of 2016 and the election and everybody... Was,
0: was that one important? Uh, it was... Uh, it was a, some it was
1: stuff a, happened. Okay. I mean, every election is important. Yeah. I don't want to <laughs> pretend like they're not, but... It was a notable one, and, uh, and, and so, you know, everybody's um, discussing, you know, our political system and our voting system, and it's like, how do you win the popular vote and lose the election and that kind of a thing, and I didn't want to touch that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I am not touching this at all. I do not want to get political immediately on this podcast that I'm doing, And uh, but I ended up coming across a story about, in the, during that same election... In 2016 in Maine, Maine passed um, this referendum to institute a thing called ranked choice voting in Maine, which is the, it was the first state to adopt it at that level. Okay. I've
0: been hearing more about, about the ranked choice voting.
1: Yeah. And so, and I had heard nothing about this. This was a couple, a few months after the election and I had heard nothing about this. And uh, I actually heard, I was, I was interviewing someone for a different episode and he mentioned it. He just, kind of mentioned it in passing in the middle of our discussion of like oh yeah yeah and like in Maine and this and that and and I was like wait what what happened um and so it's it's a different voting algorithm essentially so it's it's um uh it essentially is a, a ranking system so you end up voting not just for your best choice you vote you rank the candidates in order of how much you like them and what that does is it gives more information and that information can be used to reach a consensus. Because in Maine, they hadn't had, I forget exactly what this, the statistic was, but they hadn't had a governor elected by majority rule by, by a majority vote in, like, 66 years. Oh, wow. I don't yeah. think I knew that. And some of them had been elected with as little as, like, 31%. Uh, there oh, may wow. even have been one that was elected with 28% of the vote.
0: 28% of, like, just the voting populace? Of the overall vote. Because oh, you wow. didn't
1: need to win... Oh so he needed to win a plurality, not a majority. okay, right? So somebody so it was leading to this crazy like really aggressive and divisive divisive politics uh, in Maine because people were they didn't care about trying to bring people together. they just cared about having a really strong like uh, you know, reasonably sized coalition and they would do that by mudslinging and You know, they didn't need to bring in 50%. All they needed was their 30% that were really loyal Mm -hmm. and they could shit on everyone else. And so it was the perfect place to try and implement something that would solve that problem. Um, And yeah, and so I heard about this and I was like, okay, there's something that's interesting to me, fits the umbrella uh, topic. Voting algorithms are really mathematically interesting. Yeah. This question of like, how can we do this? You know, the objective is to figure out people like most and turns out that's actually kind of a tricky problem um as and Nate, it was this real Nate life silver f- showed us <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and so is this real life story as well so thing like so that was that was my first episode so um things like that i i uh did one i um interviewed a uh, dr justin schmidt who's an entomologist and uh, season one was one of my favorite episodes he uh he's known as the king of sting okay and he studies Hymenoptera, which are stinging, stinging insects. And he won an Ig Nobel Prize for uh, uh, developing a pain scale for stinging insects. Really? Because he's been stung by all of the stinging insects and would intentionally sting himself and stuff and record observations. Oh, that's crazy. And yeah. and that And that episode, the core of that episode, is getting at this question of how do you quantify pain? Mm. This 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 idea of like well, H- how do you give it a number? Yeah, to how do the- you assign a, a scale to pain? A numerical scale to pain? It's such a nebulous thing. Like what uh, what what words do we even have to describe pain? It's like ow, it hurts. Like it's you know we can talk about things as burning or you know. No wonder he won a Nobel Prize like for this, because I go into the
0: doctor well, like, which one of these emojis do yeah. you feel like?
1: Well, he won an Ig Nobel Prize, <laughs> oh, okay. an Ig Nobel Prize, because he stung himself, stung the shit out of himself <laughs> with a bunch of insects. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, so, so I went and interviewed him, and and uh, you know, and and that that's an interesting question of like, it's a very human question of like, we have this 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 thing which is pain, which we don't even know how to describe and trying to figure out how do we actually assign a a scale to this thing and his and his, it was kind of like a profile of him cuz he's a very interesting guy um and i i ended up stinging myself with a, a harvester ant on the podcast that's cool <laughs> <coughs> which
0: hurt a lot yeah so, and so so, they, so so did he bring stinging insects for you then
1: well i was at his lab okay so i went i drove out to tucson to interview him and uh and there were some harvester ant colonies. So Tucson is like like the epicenter of stinging insects in the desert. Desert really? has lots of stinging insects. Yeah, that's not so a that's good like,
0: thing. My brother lives there, and he has yeah. a problem touching insects. So, yeah, well, surprised he hasn't been stung more.
1: Whatever you do, don't grab a tarantula hawk. Um, Wait, a w- a what? A tarantula hawk. So so his pain scale. His pain scale has, uh, it only has four major entries. So it's one, two, three, or four. And then he does like a plus-minus thing. So it's like a one plus, one minus, that kind of thing. Um, so there are only, I think, three now insects that are a four. And one of them is the tarantula hawk, which is native. So We have them here, a, actually, too. Is it
0: just a tarantula? Tarantula hawk.
1: So it's it's a giant, like, dark blue wasp that...
0: Keep, keep describing this. I am pulling this yeah, thing pull up. Yeah, pull this
1: thing up. Uh, they attack... Um, they they lay their eggs in tarantulas, so they attack tarantulas. Lay it's actually one egg in one tarantula. It's a one to one thing, and uh, and then the baby hatches and eats the tarantula, and that's how they start their life. But these things have, like, the okay. Most, this is
0: not as terrifying looking, at least as I thought it would be. It's dark. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, I I've, I've I've got a few pictures of it here.
1: They're like they're like dark blue with red wings. Yeah. So, well, you can see that how big they are. They're like Yeah, they're you know, they're pretty gigantic. They're, bigger, they're pretty huge and they make kind of a loud noise when they fly around. Um and yes, yeah, so those are out there. I did not want to be stung by one of those. I didn't didn't Yeah, not I ask mean that, that
0: person's holding one up with their hand and it's like the size of their hand. Yeah. Like that is just See, you said tarantula hawk, and I just pictured a flying tarantula. Oh no! And I was no, just like, no, no, no. I was like, what hellscape is Tucson? <laughs> no, no, it's a uh,
1: yeah, it's a wasp. Yeah, yeah. But so, so I, I, um, I was there, and I knew I wanted to like I, I always like to do something, or not do something, but I like to find some angle that's interesting into my stories, and have something that like something that sets it apart, so it's not just run of the mill. Whatever my episode is, and and in that one, I was thinking about it, and I realized I had to sting myself with something. Like yeah. There there's no way I couldn't. I could do a story like that and not do that. Um, and so, so I chose the harvester ant, which he had. They have colonies there. He had some down the street. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> harvester yeah, ants. Well, have got the harvester ants down the street. Yeah, yeah. Here. <laughs> but he had two. He had two different colonies right down the street, and uh, so they're um, they're. They won't you have to work hard for them to sting you. So they're all over the place. Harvester ants they are all over the United States. They're like big ants. Yeah. And the thing is they, they're they don't really have many predators and they they live a really long time and like they just don't care that much. You have to really, really disturb them for them to sting you. Um so they're like people living in the
0: Ozarks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, um, but we went down there and those are a three on the scale. So a honeybee is a two. A honeybee is like the, the, the center point for his scale. He, okay. he bases everything basically on distance from a honeybee when he's getting his data points. Cause that's something that pretty much everybody's been stung by a honeybee right. so they can compare it. Right. And so that's the two. And so then this is a three. So it's like a level of magnitude, um, more intense and it lasts for a very long time. Uh, yeah. So I went down and got stung by that
0: which that's which was that the, the has to be somewhat intense because you're just anticipating the the, oh, sting it's the worst and you, part of it and especially if they don't like you have to really like rile them up that was the thing was
1: the first so the first time that we i did it on my forearm here and uh we got I, we got an ant and and he was like yeah so like pick this up and you know just hold it like push it right here on your arm just kind of hold it there and it'll sting you and i couldn't do it. I was just like too <laughs> nervous to even pick it up. And so, so, so he did it for me. And so he grabs one and, and holds it on there and it's wiggling around and stuff. And I was just so tense <laughs> and so nervous. And uh, nothing happened. And, you know, for 15 seconds, nothing happened. And he was like, oh, well, it's a dud. And he threw it away <laughs> and picked up another one. And then that one did sting me. And uh, and it was funny actually because it stung in there and then it, it stuck in my forearm. Ooh. And and he like let go, and I didn't want to <laughs> knock it off or like kill it. Or my instinct obviously is to like knock yeah. that shit off my arm, and uh, I I I didn't because I was like, oh, this guy's an entomologist. I don't want to offend him by killing an ant. Right. But of course, like whatever, he, it's ants. He wouldn't have he wouldn't have cared at all. But yeah. I was like, oh, what do, what do I do? I can't. Ha, ha. And I ended up just kind of brushing it off. But um, but yeah, it's interesting because those things. Um, it's what got him interested mm. in uh, in seeing insects in the first place is their sting is very different than a honeybee. It doesn't hit you really hard right away, and it feels like it goes really deep into your skin. And so part of the cool thing is he has his book and his scale, every single um, entry, every every single insect on there, he has this like poetic description of what it feels like to be stung by it. So the harvester ants, all of them are described kind of as like somebody reaching into your arm with needle nose pliers and pulling at tendons is Ooh. the feeling that, that oh. they evoke.
0: That like makes my arm just like... <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Like and that. it's funny because,
1: you know, a lot of our conversation was about this. It's like, well, yeah, like how do we describe pain? We have, you know, if you think of it as analogous to, to taste, we have all these different flowery descriptions of, 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 you know, like think about wine, for example, you know, these different notes of honey and oak yeah. and whatever and and we have this vast poetic language for how we describe certain things but pain it's like like fuck this hurts get it yeah. off me <laughs> you know uh and and so he he has kind of d- m- he wants to bring figure out how to talk about this and so he has these long descriptions of what these things feel like um and it was exactly right <laughs> That's it was so incredible. spot on and then it, it hurts for it, like I, mine hurt really bad for six hours Oof. um harvest plants last for a long time so they can last for like a whole day 24 hours you just uh, like have to more. put
0: like a balm or a cream or something on it and it still doesn't do anything there's not really anything you can do just just kind it of up.
1: wait yeah you just kind of wait on it but it was crazy because it comes in waves so it that's that's also part of what's interesting about that particular <laughs> venom is it like it'll hit you really hard and then it'll back off and then it'll really hurt again and then it'll back off
0: it's their so, way of being like, You're hey, a motherfucker, you yeah, don't yeah, mess with yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah Don't you come don't around my it. hill. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So anyway, so like stuff like that. So, you know, a whole we have a, a whole range of topics. Um, season two is in the works. Awesome. And uh, yeah, check it out. Wigitspodcast.com.
0: I, I like I like that a lot. It's, it's I mean, there's so many podcasts like mine where it's just like, Hey, let's talk to people in comedy and Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and try to make that somewhat original and we're all the same. So, but I, but I, I like it when there's a podcast that you know ha- has a different take on just podcasting and and the mm. topics that they cover, and I I think that's a really fascinating way to to look at things. And I'm I'm always intrigued with the way that you know we we look at things analytically and numerically, and even though I don't understand half of it a lot of the time, mm. it's still the bits and pieces I can grab. I I just love it. It's it's so it's so fun to look at.
1: Yeah, I think people are kind of inherently interested. Like humans are interested in that stuff. Yeah. And I think so I've I have been trying to with my show walk that line of making it uh, real enough for someone who is trained, you know, who is a scientist Mm. or someone who's trained in mathematics or physics or or whatever to find it interesting um, and also make it accessible enough to someone like yourself for for dummies like like me yeah well or someone someone who's (laughs) like oh this seems interesting but like i didn't get past you know pre-algebra and uh for someone like that to you know it's not opaque like i'm not trying to make really opaque intense uh you're just trying to make it fun for everybody yeah because that's what uh, that's what i like about it you know i'm i'm just trying to this this is me being like all right like i got a math degree and you know i'm interested in this stuff i'm interested in this stuff and i want an excuse to explore it you know, on my own time. Awesome. Well, <laughs> so, ha- I'll have a link for it on the website. Yeah. Yeah. So people throw it up there.
0: yeah. Can go check that out as well. So, yeah. But so, again, so it's fun.
1: Yeah. So season one is season one's out there and um, season two will be coming later this year.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So again, thank you for taking the time. Hey, I know man, we're so we're, we're five days out from Christmas and I know you're getting yeah. ready to head back home getting and you've got to gotta go home and pack going and,
1: home and packing. That's right. Yeah. It's uh it's going to be a nice holiday season, I think.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, what are you doing for the holidays? So we, we we stick around here. So yeah, it's as as I always told my family, I was just like, yeah, it's it's snowing and cold there. As yeah. like I, I didn't move somewhere where it's seventy five degrees on Christmas so that I could go back to snow. Right, it, uh, it's not really a choice. Yeah, I yeah, I I am in my perfect habitat. Yeah. I don't I don't need to leave my my son. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It'll be nice. But hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, and, merry merry and merry Christmas, Christmas and, to and you. Happy holidays and. Happy New Year. <laughs> peace.
0: Peace be with us. Oh little, little one has nothing to say about okay. it. She's just like, I'm, <laughs> I'm asleep She's now. She's like, all right. Get the hell out
1: of my house. <laughs> Try to sleep. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, thanks for having me on, man. I'm glad I yeah. finally made this work. Yeah, thank
0: you. And have a safe drive up back up to Chico. Yeah. We'll see. Ya. Have a safe stay. Here. <laughs> <laughs>